here we go. Hey guys, a new podcast. Is that a character? Maybe I could audition for voiceovers. Hey guys, huh? If there's any voiceover people out there, by the way, I'm on tour. Let the scroll date. Let the tour date scroll. Let the tour date scroll. Let the tour date scroll. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let the hey guys, it's me. Oh, the old dog that lives. Am I doing something that already is a voiceover? Like, how about a picnic lunch? What's that? It's like a bear. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, today is a great podcast. I did his podcast a few months ago, and I hit him up. I said, yo, when you're in LA, please come do my podcast. Hit me up. He was like, yo, I'm there Wednesday. And I was like, fuck yeah. And then he rolled in and immediately ate mushrooms. And I thought, this is going to be a good podcast. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Andy Frasco is in a band called Andy Frasco and the UN. They are fucking awesome. They have Live at the Rocks on their website, andyfrasco.com, and that's them playing at Red Rocks. And uh, he's a guy I discovered on Instagram and became friends with on Instagram, and I'd watch him tour and watch him play amazing shows. This guy goes hard in the fucking paint. He really does. If he is coming to your city and he has got dates on the books, he tours like all year. Go to andyfrasco.com, see his live tour dates. Um, I would name them all for you, but I don't know what day this is airing. Uh, see, he's opening for fit for uh, Widespread Panic this weekend. I, I wish I was fucking. You know how much fun I'd have opening for Widespread Panic? Do you know how much Widespread Panic's fans would fucking hate my act? They'd be like, Ugh. and I'd be like, I was one of you. I'd turn on them. I used to eat mushrooms too and sit in the field and piss on my flip-flops. You just become an angry comedian. Yeah, fuck you. Oh, I'm not Carrot Top. I'm not playing bongos, huh? Oh, is that what you want? You need your comedians playing bongos? Suck my dick. Suck C. Brown's dick. Suck. I turn on widespread panics fans, which I am one of, because they wouldn't accept me. And that's so hard sometimes when you are a fan of a band and you realize that the fans you're standing with would not like you. <laughs> it's I go to any Wilco concert and I'm like, not one of these people would get one of my jokes. But we all find music in common. Isn't that crazy? It's interesting, huh? I think Andy Frasco's fucking band uh, audiences would love me. Because we have very similar personalities. And it is a great podcast. It's about two hours and 30 yep. minutes. Yep. And we talk just about everything. It starts a little bit as an interview and then just meshes into us just talking about shit. Which is what it should be. Man, sometimes I get so fucking... We talk about paths, and I tell you my theory on paths. Um, we talk about falling in love. We talk about him losing, him having sex with his teacher in high school. We talk about him, about run-ins with our heroes that went wrong. We talk about... This is also the first podcast where a guest stops and stands up to hug you in the middle of it. This is the first podcast where a guest... You heard him. You heard him. It's, uh, it is a really great podcast. More importantly... The reason that these, the point of these podcasts, and I want to make this very clear, is I want to introduce you to Andy, and then I want you to find Andy on the road and go see him live and have a fucking blast. That is the point of these podcasts, you know? Sometimes I think people forget these people that are coming on have something. They should check it out, you know? Like, check out Andy Frasco. Go online. If you can watch Dancing Around My Grave and not cry, then if you can do that, you're a better man than me. <laughs> that song so i tell him this but 
when I was about to get surgery on my arm, I was having panic and I needed to pick a song to go under to. And someone said, why don't you go under to Andy Frasco's in the UN dancing around my grave? And I didn't listen to it until I got out of surgery. And then I listened to it out of surgery in my chair one night, high on pain pills. I say this to Andy and I was sobbing, crying. It is such a great fucking song. It is such a great song. Ooh, I just got emotional right there. Uh, I am very happy to call my friend, but I am a fan first. I am a fan first, friend second. Maybe we'll flip that in the future. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, find him on tour, andyfrasco.com. Make sure to check out his podcast, Andy Frasco's World Saving Podcast. Ladies and not let's not do ladies and gentlemen. People, please. Let's not, let's not gender, let's not split genders. Family. Nope, that's not it. Uh but, but brothers and sisters is still. Brother, I like brothers and sisters. I might start doing brothers and sisters. All y'all, put your hands together for my buddy, Andy Frasco. This is Okay. <laughs> Jesus, man. See, that's what podcasts used to be. We're, we've started. We, 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 you just talk shit. You know what? I start, I've started this new thing. What? I talked about it in therapy. Um, and it works really well for me. I just decided to talk positive only about people. Yeah. Even if my hot take was something somewhat spicy, spicy I decided to only find the positives and just point out positives. And, and then I already, I also decided to stop gossiping. Oh, like little Yenta stuff. Like, what do you? What do you got? Yenta? What Yenta is like Yiddish for just like talking to talk. Uh, I'm a hardcore Yenta. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, my whole fucking life. Yeah, and, same here. And but I, and I've I've always enjoyed that. But like, um, I felt like I was a part of the problem. Like, if I got gossip and I like texted it to like eight people to just you know I don't know have a little juice, yeah. have a little energy throughout the day. It happened this morning. Someone sent me some gossip about someone I know, and I just was like. I actually went like, I'm not getting into this. And I was like, I don't want that negativity yeah. in my life. And I went, I went on Rogan and and obviously it's I, I just pointed out the things I loved. I just highlighted things I loved. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, like I've sometimes I go on Rogan, get drunk and just talk shit. Yeah. And be like, ah, fuck that guy. I, I can fucking run that fast. I can do this. I fuck this guy. You want some mushrooms? No. These are microdoses, yeah. Those are microdoses? Yeah. Dude, Point two. I uh so wait, how did you how the fuck? I, I i i fly with mushrooms really yeah they're like they look like pills they do look like pills so how what's a microdose on a mushroom it's like 0. 0.3 0. 0.3 ounces 0. 0.3 <laughs> 0. 0.3 of a gram so oh. it's like so yeah you're gonna you'll have a little fuzzy ah, the pill is like a cock <laughs> you're just like ah. i felt like if we're gonna talk and get to know each other might as well take some shrooms really get i to know wish each i other. i fucking wish i could i know you're busy man i have fucking the busiest day and i can, not the day to microdose yeah <laughs> Not the best day to microdose. Do you mind if I microdose? I don't mind if you all microdose right, cool. at all. Yeah. So what's I, I, microdosing feel like? Microdosing basically got me through depression. I was super depressed. I was living on the road for like, uh, you know, I, I told you this. I do 250 shows a year throughout, you know, throughout the country and Europe and stuff. I'm just getting like kind of lonely and sad because like no one really understands tour life. Like you yeah. understand it. And I feel for comedians because you guys are. You build a network or like a community where like you go on tour with your homies, you're cooking shit and barbecue and I yeah. see all that shit. 
it, it just gets lonely when you, you know, when you're hung over and you're strung out. And then in the mornings, you're like, you don't want to talk to your mom about it. I know you that feeling. To, you know, there's like, no one you can talk. No one understands touring. No, no one like they go, oh, that's got to be nice. You're on the fuss with your buddies and you're like, no, it's a little, a little different than that. Mm-hmm. So wait, do you break the pillow open and then I break the pillow open <laughs> as I'm spraying it all over your microphone? Um, so the next <laughs> people will be microdosing also. <laughs> the mics are getting high. Um, I break it up and do it out through the day because I don't like having that big rush of, of getting high. Yeah, I just like to have the consciousness of just being awake and yeah. being like open to have a conversation, just being vulnerable. Because sometimes it's hard for me to be vulnerable. Really? Yeah. Oh, I have no problem being vulnerable, and and I think it's a flaw. Yeah, yeah. Like I've shared so much. I was I was sitting in a hot tub the other night, and I was thinking about this new angle I'm having about. I'm just I, I just like I'd go on fucking podcasts, and I'd be like, I just talk shit about things I didn't know. Like I yeah. remember talking shit about Hugh Jackman one time. <laughs> you know nothing about. I know him. nothing about Hugh Jackman. I know nothing. It was just Segura was like, he's. Uh, we were talking about. We were talking about actors who get jacked and then i wonder if they turn into meatheads because they're not like kamel's not a meathead he's one of the most sensitive insightful dudes i like i've met but now that he's jacked i wonder if he's like get him away bitch you know (laughs) you know it is too it's got to be like a a sense of like when you get stuck you can't really go out to bars and like beat so you're basically like trying to get that adrenaline out somewhere i see how people just get fucking yoked out there dude look at fucking look at Kumail right now looks fucking amazing. Oh my god, yeah, he's a hot dude now. Holy <laughs> shit, he looks. I mean, he looks physically. Look at his shoulders. He looks. He looks like a. Di- he actually looks like a different human being right now. Like is you he look getting at pussy that- now, or is he having? He's, wife married. Or- he's oh, married. Oh, he's married. Yeah, okay. He's married and in love too. Really? Yeah. Dude, look at that. Look. <laughs> he's one of the guys that won't. Uh, f- and, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong with getting divorced. There's nothing wrong with getting divorced. Anyone wants to get divorced, get divorced. But sometimes it's like. Sometimes I don't know. You fucking put your eggs in a basket. Yeah, I know people do it with me. Yeah, like, hey man, I'm married. I go through tough times. Bert's all open and honest with about his relationship with his wife. And you, I I don't know. It's kind of like you, you put your hope on someone, and you go, as long as they can stay together, we can do it. Yeah, you know, it's kind of cool when you see a Hollywood couple stay together. Totally, like Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. And I'm not dogging on anyone who's possibly gotten divorced recently and then in a new relationship. Look, trust me, I would love. There's a fucking short list i have of celebrity females that i would have a hard time saying i'm not gonna scrap my current life and go with you like yeah. there is a i i can think <laughs> off the top of my who, head who is it uh i just fucking angelina jolie oh yeah and i know there's i know that that seems problematic <laughs> i know that that would be i know that that's not the relationship i think it is yeah for me yeah but she's so fucking hot have you considered like swinging no no i'm not that guy no i'm very i've only had sex with six people women really? i don't know why i say people women six women. really yeah i'm not i'm i had a really bad first t- sex experience what happened i uh, just uh you know it was boy scout no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> no it was uh i just didn't perform well i uh you come I, quick or what way quick and it wasn't even inside her it was under her butt cheek on the bed and so I just oh you were just dry humping her I fucking bit? didn't know I thought I was in and I fucked the mattress and then next thing you know I'm like oh shit and then and then there's just with that comes How a lot of you? like seventeen and with that comes a lot of like oh fuck man that was the worst it could have been and that, by the way that's not even everything and I don't think people would believe me if I told them everything I don't I really don't think 
people will go that didn't happen yeah um i mean it like you talk to your therapist about it no no but i don't need to because it made me not fuck a lot yeah so then i just have my wife so i'm good oh shit. so like i'm good i like that's the other thing is like it, these traumas happen in your life they turn you into the person you are mm-hmm. and then and then uh and then one day you're like a you're like a, a cool person that you know respects women and you don't maybe you respect them just because you go i just don't want them to see the thing to see how awkward i really am yeah i don't know for whatever reason i'm not saying that i, I go to strip clubs i'm a regular human being yeah. but like i just also um can uh you know tour with a young lady and then make sure that she feels because i have weird i've weird i don't know i have weird like intimacy things mm-hmm. so, Same. so yeah but, I've, had, um, I've had a sex i had a sex addiction when i was 15 had sex with my teacher in high school when i was uh you know senior in high school and i was like really in i was really a sex addict like bad like and it was like the same thing i didn't want people to feel my awkwardness or my weirdness so i would just have a bunch of one night stands I've n- i still never had a girlfriend are you serious yeah man kind of fucked girl? up about that's it that's crazy yeah it's crazy and if i had you know i think that you know that the idea that you have is like maybe that's the reason why i became a musician to live in different towns every day because i was afraid of intimacy i know for a fact that uh being on the road helps helps uh helps you live out the life that you like it is hard to have relationships yeah when you're and i know for a fact i'm having a tough time with my daughters because i'm like today i told them i go I, we were having dinner last night and uh and uh, and i said something about i've only got a couple weeks here and leanne goes a, a week and i guess my face dropped and isla goes oh shit look at that and i want my youngest and i go what and she goes your face changed you have one week here and then she goes when are you back and i go november or october no november yeah i'm back in november and she goes wait you're gone for a month and i was like oh my god and I was like, it just happened so quick. Do they give you shit about you doing long runs now? I don't think they have an option. And I think that's <laughs> and I think that's what is upsets them. Yeah. Is they don't have an option. They don't have a say in it. That that's what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. You know? And I and I and I love it. So Isla said to me, She goes, You're gonna have fun. And I was like, I, I know I will. And she goes, You love the road. Like, I do love the road. I really do love. And but like you said, I've set it up so that that road is really fucking Your fun. sanctuary yeah rogan's one that taught me that what do you teach you about that i used to think i used to believe in supporting local comedy it's a fucking it's the dumbest thing in the world and Why? I, I wish because i i used to be like i used to believe that if you supported local comedy you're doing good for the comedy scene in general so i would say um i'm not gonna bring my feature acts with me i'm gonna Go to Portland, and then you guys set me up with someone good. Because for most parts, everyone was bringing their feature acts with them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how cool to let a local Portland guy do six sold-out shows. Or if they want to switch them out every night, they can do whatever they want. But like, let the local guys get good shows under their belts. Yeah. Not just open mics. And uh, and it was beating me up. It was beating me up because you'd go and you'd meet sometimes horrific human beings. Yeah. Horrific human beings who just had their own in their own life in mind not thinking like i'm gonna help horrific human beings not even be were they even thankful that they're giving you fucking you're giving them like sold out shows and shit they would talk shit about you oh, behind your back that. they would they would fuck it, you just had some really and then you had some really good ones you had some really good ones like met the guys all I'm, that i'm all touring with i met they were local comics yeah uh, dave williamson i met in miami we did louisville together i want to work with them for the rest of my life 
Shane Torres, I met in Portland. Uh, Jesus Trejo, I met in uh, in um, out by the what? It, what? It, uh, what's the new improv out by the beach? Fucking oh. that way. That way. Anyway, what, Long met, Beach or no, no, no. Up up north. I forget the name of it for whatever reason. I did. We did New Year's Eve together uh, like five years ago, and then uh, and then so I met all of them on the road, and and I know a lot of good guys from the road. Jeff Tate. I met from the road. I'm, I know a lot of good guys from the road, but th- that list is short compared to the guys that were like, my, this fucking scene's so hot. And you're yeah. like, ugh. Yeah, it's like pretend. It's like this pretentious look. Like I did that when I first started my career was like I bought a van when I was 19 and I didn't have, I grew up in LA. So like the pe- the musicians that are good didn't give me the fucking respect. So I just said, I'm just going to, hired local musicians in every city and basically craigslist musicians in every city and i would just be the front man like chuck berry style in every city and with from that like kind of like that idea of like bringing local community together it kind of fucked me up because now like i'm huge i'm not huge i'm getting bigger than i was and now all these dudes who didn't give a fuck about me are like yo let me sit in like they're entitled for me to like have them sit in now Oh, when we're, sweet, sweet. Tell me about that. That That's a really smart idea. Yeah, it was just like I was like a lone wolf my whole life. And like, you know, when I decided to be a musician in 19, I was like, you know, I don't I don't have enough money to hire any of these L.A. cats. And every L.A. cat that I end up hiring ends up getting taken from Disney, like fucking Selena Gomez or like all these guys. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to be on the road by myself and learn an instrument and have like local musicians in every city just back me up and i basically did like four chord songs like four and just <laughs> expanded them like our songs you just oh that's so smart so you just made simple songs for them to yeah so they could learn it yeah yeah and that's why i fell in love with the blues and like you know these these ideas of these like three or four song four chord songs and like the beatles are so keen at that and the yeah. stones are so keen at that i'm like why the fuck can't i do that if these guys are doing it sweet sweet take me backwards though when did you start playing music? 18. At 18? Yeah. I so, used to manage bands and work at like Capitol Records and book bands and stuff when I was like 14. And I did that for like four years. And I worked at Drive Through Records and, you know, because I grew up in the Valley, I grew up in West Hills. So like I could get internship at Capitol or I could book shows at the Key Club or book shows at the Roxy or the local venue. So I just did that to build a network because I just loved the music business. And then it was like 2006 when the music industry kind of took a shit and they fired all the kids when they should have fired all the old people who don't understand like yeah. new age marketing it should have gotten rid of all the fucking adults who were yeah. setting their ways with yeah. their big fucking mercedes what's the deal with that yeah. why do people like not trust the youth uh i think because it's scary I, I i remember explaining podcasting to it by the way we definitely have to get back to you having sex with your teacher <laughs> i don't want anyone to think i've forgotten that um I remember going into a, a, a do radio in Richmond and I was explaining to the hot DJ there that uh, he was like big time. And he was like, so I understand you got one of those little podcasts. And I was like, and, I, and the guy was my age. And I remember thinking you're, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot right now. You don't realize that these guys don't care about you, yeah. that you are a price tag. Yeah. And once you think you're more than that price tag, they'll very quickly change you out for a price tag you're doing interviews in between songs you are so disposable right now it's true. and by the way the interview is horrible 
and he did a Sherry's Berries read in the middle of our interview. And I said, oh, wow, you do Sherry's Berries? And he goes, to the sponsor, we get 100 bucks a read. Or no, we get, we get 50 bucks a read. And I went, what do you mean? And he goes, every time I read it, I get 50 bucks. He goes, uh, one day podcasting will get there. And I said, I get 5,000. And he, <laughs> goes, he goes, what? And I go, I get $5,000 for one Sherry's Berries read. And if anytime I read it, I get another $5,000. And he went, but by the way, you only get like Sherry's Berries comes around Mother's Day, Valentine's yeah. Day. You, so th- you're not getting a ton of Sherry's Berries reads throughout the year. By the way, sorry if Sherry's Berries, if I'm blasting, fucking the blasting spot. your spot. <laughs> but if you know, it's based on your downloads and Sherry's Berries would hit you up yeah. and be like, yo, it's Mother's Day. Send your mother Sherry's Berries. It's a great fucking present. Yeah. And it, it, Sherry's Berries is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm going to pay it back to you, Sherry's Berries. You're getting a read for free. <laughs> so amortize that fucking original read. But uh, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day. And and he goes, what do you mean? I said, yeah, we do it once and we just get it. And he goes, whoa, hold on. And I said, wait, how do you do like a hundred of these reads? And he goes, no, I do like four. And I was like, so you're getting 200 bucks for a Sherry's Berries read? And he goes, why would they pay radio 200 bucks? I go, they're not. Said, yeah, they're paying radio five thousand. They're probably paying radio twenty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. And that is going to all those people in there. Yeah. And I just remember walking through radio at his place, looking at in Richmond. I'm not the top big market, but looking around and going, everyone is getting a piece of that Sherry's Berries read. And they didn't do anything. Yeah. This woman, I don't think this woman even knows what to do. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and I remember some guy sticking his head in and he goes, uh, going to lunch <laughs> i'm gonna do a late lunch then i think i'm gonna head out early go see my kid's soccer game and i was like i was like wow if you were my employee yeah i would not have that yeah. i was like if, if if i have to give you part of my sherry's berries read you're gonna stick around until i'm done working yeah and i was like and i and and that is the youth you know and i'm look i'm not by far young but i, I looked at comedy the same way where i was like i was like this old format of like get on comedy central no one watches it yeah and then hopefully something happens same thing as a record deal like everyone's yeah. like oh yeah like the big dream get signed by capital get on that but it's like all that shit is fucking bullshit because yeah. like like i started podcast four years ago and never thought i was fucking crazy like musicians shouldn't be talking and stuff and now every fucking musician has a podcast dude. yeah Man, damn, it's like, dude, and, like <laughs> it's so funny it's so funny i've talked to people that go uh you know, I've, I've wanted to do this for a while. I just needed to wait. I needed to wait until someone got me a deal. Well, like and a I, pandemic or something. And I go, and I go, and I was just like, what do you mean a deal? Just do it. Like fucking, that's the beauty of, I say this to anyone listening, please. If you want to do a podcast, start it today mm-hmm. and let it suck for a year. Yeah. And let no one, but you figure out what you like about it and then let it get kind of good. Go listen to those early episodes of Rogan. They're not the best fucking broadcasting you've ever heard yeah we're all fucking high as shit we're no no everyone's cutting each other off fucking nine people are speaking at the same time and joe just was smart enough to go all right less people let's skinny this up let's maybe not get as i remember the day joe said to us hey you guys know people are listening to this right now and we were like huh He was like you you guys are fucking around but this is valuable time someone's on a train right now let's let's focus and i went oh yeah you have a responsibility to kind of do your job a little better, but you know you don't know that when you start a podcast. So wait, sweet, so let's go back to you fucking your teacher. <laughs> so how did that happen? I was just like, you know, I've been the same height my whole life. Uh, I have sisters who are eight years older than me, so like, I remember losing my virginity to to like uh, an older lady. 
Really? Yeah, 15. I had sex with her in my car and I came real quickly and stuff. And then I got addicted to it. And then. Well, yeah, we were all addicted to it. <laughs> dude, I was like, then I started like having sex with like pregnant girls in the back of my car. Wait, and, how were you meeting them? You know, I was promoting shows. So I would like, I my hustle was like, I get, I'd go to school. I was on the swim team. So I have to get it. I could get out of class at noon because I had a 5 a.m. swim practice. Yeah. So I got out at noon and I would just go to, there's like 10 high schools and colleges all in this area. So I would just like put flyers on every car for all my shows and just like build this, uh, it was called Lifeline Promotion. And from there, it was just like, Mac and the TAs <laughs> just really? like and they were like come on to me and I'm just like flirt with them and just like you know I was just like I guess I grew up quick uh, this is gonna sound weird but uh, this is gonna sound I'm gonna say it the right way so I don't just go there was a time of the slut but there was like well, I remember being afraid of chicks around that time yeah and it's when I met my wife it's right around that time because I was like all they want to do is fuck and that's not what I'm here for yeah like I want to have sex but I want to also fall in love with you and I want you to fall in love with me and I want to trust you. And I don't want to just because I had gotten cheated on cheated on a couple times. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, fuck this. Like it, everyone looked at the thing as like men could fuck whoever they want. Why can't women? And I was like, hold on. Men aren't supposed to do that either. Yeah. Like we're just supposed to like ideally we're supposed to like find a partner, fall in love. And I was like, why is everyone just being whores right now? And I could not, I was so scared of fucking at that time. Cause I was like, I was like, I don't want to just find this hot chick. Have her fuck me and then be like, beat it, fat boy. And I'm like, oh. Did anyone break your heart when you were a kid? All they, That's all that happened. What's the one you remember the most? Uh, uh, the first one, eighth grade. What happened? Uh, she started dating uh, Thompson Rankins. <laughs> and I was in, and I had gone to a different school. I had gone to Jesuit. I was leaving eighth grade, going to Jesuit. And over the summer, I found out, like, she, I just wasn't talking to her. And I found out she was dating Thompson Rankins, or at least she was talking on the phone with him. And I was friends with Thompson. But I what I no longer went to that school. I was at a new school, and I was destroyed. And I remember I cried, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "What is this feeling?" Like it was almost like a panic attack. And I went to my bathroom, and I was crying. I was my feelings were hurt. And then I was like, and then I I pined over her for like that whole summer. And then I went to, uh, and then I kind of compared every girl to her, like every girl. Like I never, I couldn't really like. I was like, it's not as good as that. Like all through high school. Yeah, uh, all through high school. And then, oh, so you wanted her through even when she broke your heart, you still tried to kept coming back to her. No, no, I never talked. I never talked to her again. Yeah, but I, but I, she was the the bar at which a woman needed to excel. She was just beautiful. She was funny. She was, uh, she was I, like, uh, she was just. And by the way, I didn't really know her that well. I mean, I knew her that well, but I didn't like have like heartfelt conversations with mm -hmm. her. It was just that was the bar, and I dated a bunch of other chicks and had fun but i just was like this is gonna sound weird i would see people like at homecoming uh like ty rodriguez and his girlfriend would spend the night at a hotel and they'd we'd we'd come over and they'd be cuddling in bed and it grossed me out and i was like "Ugh, you're cuddling with a chick like oh god it was bizarre and then what triggered that though i i i probably I lost my virginity during that time, and I'm sure that was it. That I was like, I just was like, when you came on that girl's butt, yeah, she didn't even know it. How she never knew. She just was like, she was like, are you gonna put you it had in? a condom or yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, are you gonna put it in? And then I came, and then and then I started to have sex with her after she said that. I'd already had an orgasm, so that's 
not that fun yeah it's like no this is this kind of weird and i'm pretty sure i'm getting you pregnant yeah but um <laughs> but then and then i fell in love hard as fuck in uh freshman year of college yeah like and then all the fucking and it was like oh, okay this this is the new bar and uh and then probably kind of once more and then my wife mm. and then two chicks in between three chicks in between maybe or whatever but, yeah yeah but i but have you ever fallen in love yeah i fell in love in sixth grade i st stole my uh mom's old jewelry and gave it to this girl <laughs> and she just fucking threw it on the ground and it kind of harp that was i think that was my first like started realizing like all right maybe i'm not destined to fall in love and then the third girl i had sex with i was my mom let me go on tour with this band i booked this whole nationwide tour when i was 16 this is like i mean this sounds like almost like craziness to me <laughs> i was i grew up quick my mom you're, my, you're the youngest right i'm the youngest by eight years so my parents were older and they're like i don't you know it's like I'm, how old are your parents now um 69 okay yeah and then your oldest sister's how old 42 so i'm 33 right. and uh so i was 16 i went on tour it was like I just got my car, but my mom let me go. I was cold calling all these venues and I finally got this band, like a shitty tour, but we all went in this like 1985 Winnebago with my, the guitar player's brother driving us, you know, it's like, it was a total family thing. And I had sex with a girl in Houston, Texas. And she's like, I always wanted to have sex with like a Jewish guy. And like, it was wild. And we fucked in the back of her truck and I didn't have a condom and I came really quickly and I pulled out and I'm just, just come all everywhere and uh i thought um i got her pregnant three weeks later she's like i'm late and like i'm 16 i was at a venue i'm like happy making money at the cold Bell cafe i'm yeah. like yeah this is fucking awesome and then she's like just want to let you know my friend died i'm stressed out but i'm three weeks late i'm 16 i'm like thinking about you know i'm so neurotic i'm thinking about like m being on the maury show and springer yeah. and just yeah. like you know la is like that and I had a pin in my stuff, and I'd never talked to her ever since. She didn't call me, didn't reach out. So I could have a kid who's like 17, 18. Oh, that would be pretty cool, though, to meet him now. <laughs> it's like Dewey Cox. <laughs> you want to play catch, boy? <laughs> but like, I think that kind of thing, like, oh, that thing that's such so intimate, like pregnancy, a baby, like this is a huge deal. Yeah. And um, didn't reach out to me. Just thinking like, oh, well, maybe love it or maybe this whole idea of love is in my head that's when i started like maybe i should just be a single dude and just like have one night stands and i basically did that until i was 30 and uh and then, then i basically slowed it way the fuck down really it, yeah so how do you how do you compartmentalize a sexual addiction like do you go well just gonna let it run its course or do you yeah it's, or it was kind of like I was trying to take out things in my life that was triggering it. Like it was cocaine. I was doing a bunch of cocaine when I was on tour, taking drugs, just like no, like knowing the idea that I'm leaving tomorrow. So I can't really build this like intimate relationship with someone. Yeah. I'm just going to basically live through text messages through a year with someone until I see him again. So did you ever have someone that you had sex with and you kept texting with? Oh yeah. Everyone. I mean, I have good relationships with the girls I hook up with. I'm not like a, bad dude it's yeah. just like we build this thing like listen this is just a one night stand and this is what it's gonna be and they're like yeah yeah, it's fine yeah. and um from there it's just like i just like start thinking that that's fucking normal 
Well, it, but it is though. It it is kind of like like so like my I don't this is not the same, but like I don't. We're trying to plan a trip uh for my family over New Year's like to to take a trip with the girls. It'll be like our last big family trip before George goes to college, and uh, and I realized yesterday I don't ever want to fly with my family again. Why would happen? Because they just don't they don't do it right, and I, I don't want to be around them. Well, you're the pro. You got to teach yeah. them. Uh uh-uh, uh, nope, it's not gonna happen. And so, so I just, I just, I, t- I talked about it in therapy, and and then and then they were planning the trip, and I said, well, why don't I meet you guys in in our in that city? And they're like, really? I was like, yeah, me, I'll meet you there, and then and then uh, and then why don't you guys? If you guys need to leave on the fifth, leave on the fifth, and I'll I'm gonna stick around for a day. And, the, and my wife's like, don't you want to come home with us? And I said, I think it might be good for my brain to be by myself somewhere and, and just go skiing by myself. And she was like okay and i did it totally because i don't want to fly with them yeah because because when i get in the airport the way they behave and and this might be like i i need to get in an airport and I, it needs to be streamlined i yeah. have a certain way i behave and anything on the makes me uncomfortable like i flew with my cousin andrew you just met mm-hmm. and he was like i mean I, this is like so callous of me but we get up to we're in vegas and we're getting ready to go and he's like wait where are you guys going we're like we're going to pre-check he's like hold on let me find out if i'm pre-check and my brain went don't know if you're pre-check bye and i just walked away <laughs> i was like i can't i'm if you don't know the if you're pre-check or not I, i'm like, like that too and i just go i'm bye bye and then my my tour manager was like was like hold on i'm gonna wait for andrew i go okay and i just left and he goes well wait wait i'll walk with you and i went, I went no 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 you do what you gotta do and then i just left i texted him and i was like i'll, I'll see you guys later good safe flight and i realized that and i was and i didn't have a panic attack i was really good in the airport and i was like oh, i'll just do that with my family like i don't need to fly with them yeah like let them fly I'm not gonna fly home to fly with them. Fuck no! I'll yeah. just fly meet them there, and then if they want to go, I'll let them go. And then, do you, but okay, I'm playing therapist here now. Um, do you think that's why your your kids are like, oh fuck this? Maybe, maybe, yeah. But I don't know what to do how how to fix that. Like, and, and it, it's already over. They're already going to college. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like you know, it's 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 other things that like. So like, I'm on tour all October this whole month, and I have three weekends off three three tuesdays off technically monday tuesdays you get mondays and tuesdays off normally monday, monday and tuesday this tour we've added we've probably if we're if we're doing 70 shows we've added uh 80 but so you're like, the guy who likes to stay busy so that's, like that's fine with that you're so theoretically that. I, i've actually just wrote uh, i just memorized all my show i just i realized i memorized all my shows mm-hmm. um but so it's you know probably we've added wednesday shows we've added sunday shows we've added um so so i only get monday tuesday off and i was like well i'm gonna gonna fly home on monday to turn around and fly home on back on tuesday i was like that's i mean if i'm gonna do that i'm not gonna try to jam in time with my daughters because it's not gonna work the way i think it is yeah they have school all day they get done school they go to do homework you see them for 15 minutes I was like, I'm gonna go fucking work more. So I was like, I'll fly to Austin. I'll do two bears with Tom. I'll maybe do another Rogan with Tom, or maybe Ari will show up mm-hmm. wall party. I was like, I'll just go to fucking Austin and work, or I'll go to Cleveland to promote the Cleveland show. You know, that's the way my brain works. Because I go, I'm out, and I'm certain there's probably a, and I, I've done that my whole career. Like if I get ready for a special, it is fucking game on. Yeah. The second I get like that offer, athlete. I am done. I am yeah. out. And so, um. I'm sure there's 
part of my daughters that my wife's not like that. Mm-hmm. Like this morning, I just do a temper tantrum. I got up and I walked in to give Isla a kiss, and she they're all get making coffee and making breakfast, and she goes, "Don't touch my hair," and I already touched her hair, and she goes, "God, ugh," and I go, "Well, I'm sorry," and she goes, "No, it's just respect my boundaries," and I went, "What?" And by the way, this is all fucking shit that I'm sure every dad is going through that as yeah. well. And then I'm like, say to my daughter Georgia, can I touch your hair? And she's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like creepy. But I just like, gave her, I was giving him a kiss on the head like yeah, good morning. Yeah. What, what you do to a kid. Yeah. And, and then I go, all right, I'm, I'm just going to go back to bed. This is not working out the way I wanted to. And I go, just respect my boundaries. And I go, I'm not getting in a fight right now. I was yeah. like, I'm going back to bed. Fuck everyone. And then, yeah. and then Leanne's like, well, don't not fuck everyone. And I go, no, I just got up. I was like, I was like, I'm fucking out. And then Leanne's, then Leanne fucking was like, don't go to bed. Hang out with us. So I sat up. I had coffee. It got better. It got better. But, and then Isla keeps breaking my balls about boundaries. And I'm like, how does Leanne deal with, do they have a different relationship with Leanne than with you? Like, or does yeah, she know how to like, very different. Yeah. That bum you out? No. Nah. No, I want them to have a good relationship with somebody. Yeah. I mean, they have a good relationship with me. We're fine, but like they have a very different relationship with Leanne. Like yeah. they like there's certain things they like, for instance, Georgia picked up the cat today. They were playing some Doja Wolf or something, and Georgia picked up the cat and was playing dancing with the cat. Yeah. And Leanne went and danced. And I can't dance with the cat because I'm allergic to cats. Yeah. So like that I was like, all right, good. And then <laughs> Isla's dancing, and then I'm just still like making my coffee and I'm like I don't know. It's weird when dad jumps in. It's like, I, it just is like for these days and at this age in their life, when dad jumps in, it just, it's like, ugh. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's kind of like weird. Cause like you say, you have these, like you have this gap to hang out with your kids. Yeah. So it's like this force. You're forcing them to come hang out with yeah, you. I'm basically sense. saying I bet I do it all the night. Every time last night was like, Hey, you guys want to watch it TV? And they're like, we have homework. And I was like, don't do it. And they're like, huh? I was like, just don't do it. Like, fuck, can't you just not do homework? Like, yeah. I never did homework. Yeah. And Leanne's like, don't say that. I go, I want to watch this Squid Game show. And then both of them, like, oh, we already started watching it with mom. And I was like, what? And so, like, and then you just, you're sitting on the outside going, like, okay. And so you, I, I think part of it is getting cool with it. It's like, I didn't really fucking hang out with my parents yeah. at all. Yeah. At all. Like, came home, went to my room, got up, went to school, baseball go to my friend's house and then come home and go to sleep. I didn't fucking like, were you close with your parents? Not really. Like they're like, um, le- they were just working. Cause it's like, it costs so much to live in LA. So like yeah. my dad always worked. He was a real estate broker. My mom was kind of like in this depression mode where her kids are leaving the nest. And then there's me who's just fucking everything and getting in <laughs> trouble. And like, yeah, I'm not like, I don't, I didn't get in trouble, trouble, but like the principal found out that I had sex with the teacher. They caught me having a threesome in the Carl's Jr. parking lot because my friend ratted me out that because I didn't show up early enough. Like, it was, was it a threesome with the teacher? No, two girls. Yeah. And we were just hooking up in the Carl's Jr. I'm like, we're, we were 17. We don't know where to go. So we yeah. were just like had a sandwich and then started making out and touching each other and shit. And then my uh, my I got the knock on the door from my, my mom and my dad, like, get the fuck out of this car. And come home wait are you <laughs> yeah oh they got they they caught me so much like they <laughs> i had sex they caught me eating out a girl at a family reunion <laughs> it was like my cousin's <laughs> my second cousin's friend who brought i never met this family whether in connecticut like are they, you serious dude yeah they knew i was like real 
<laughs> but you're but there's a but the, here's the thing that's i find interesting and it's the reason i could never be a front man of a band it's like i was in a band in college and i i we never went anywhere we never went anywhere but there is a sexiness to a lead singer there's like a in like the, a guy that can connect yeah and that must have been like an, a very easy transition for you yeah yeah that's how i was my whole life i was like emceeing battle the bands and stuff when i was like 14 13 you know really? so it was like it was always that was always in me so like my mom just left me alone and my dad was just so busy working like going back to what you said about the kid thing i feel that way towards my band sometimes i overhear conversations with them like i'm like giving them this great life and like feeding them and taking care of them and all of a sudden i'll overhear them with their girlfriends are saying, oh, like, I can't wait to get back fucking home. I can't. I'm like, I'm like, motherfucker, dude. I am on the road fucking grinding this motherfucker out. And all of a sudden, you're just wanting to go home. Like, yeah, it's like that. I, It's like the idea of like the, they're not being appreciative for all the hard work you're doing on the road to give them this amazing life. This house is dope. I mean, I just, uh, yeah, you know, I, like, dude, I, I, well, yeah, I mean, I don't have that. Yeah, I, that I've said that out loud before. I'm what like, happened? Well, it just doesn't go well. <laughs> What'd you say? What'd just, you say? Just like, uh, I don't fucking. No, don't worry, guys. I'll just be. I'll be here whenever you need money. Just come to me. <laughs> uh, that's right. I'll just bust my fucking ass and drive myself into a fucking early grave. Yeah. But I hope you guys are set up. Yeah. And can't wait for your university. <laughs> but it's it's funny because, uh, you know. I'm curious. So wait, how do you tour? Like what, what's your tour look like? Uh, we'll do 60 shows. We'll do like, we do kind of the same thing as you, like five, five shows a week. And I'd go on, I'll, like right now I'm on a, I'm on a three and a half month tour. So like I had a day off. I Pull was up his in, tour dates, would you? Um, I had a day off and um, we played in Seattle on Sunday and Saturday. I had a day off, went to Denver just to, look at my house and i flew here to do this and then what, I, moved, what made you move to denver the music community it's, really? it's got one of the biggest music communities in the country and then it, it's close to red rocks it's like i felt like i had like a a path of where I, like you've done red rocks yeah i did red rocks yeah, yeah the fucking i saw that on after yeah. we did our thing i was i pulled up one of your videos well you know you know what i've I'm, I'm been following you for a while but you know what the one thing that was um that was like the the uh nail in the coffin of why i fell in love with you was uh i was getting ready to go under for surgery yeah i, I want to know about that your arm too yeah. later but uh i was getting ready to go under for surgery and someone dm'd me and was like yo play uh dancing around my grave dancing around my grave when you go under and i was like i cannot play that and by the way i hadn't even heard it yet and i was like i cannot play it and then i got out of surgery and i'm sitting in that thing and i'm on pain pills and i'm watching and I'm, i can't sleep i'm in like a chair with a cast on and i played dancing around my grave and i was like oh my god i started crying i was like this really? is a great fucking song this is a fucking great song and i was like oh my god and then i started listening to it a lot and being like it made me cry I would cry listening to it it's Damn. such a great fucking song thanks bert but um but so you were in you were in seattle seattle had a day off in denver just to basically check in with my my team is in denver and uh, I run a couple Airbnb properties in Denver and like I'm building this like Airbnb thing where I could just like if I'm in a, a certain part of town or a certain part of the region of the country, I could just go to that Airbnb instead of like flying my ass all the way to Denver for two days. Like you said, like yeah. the time you get there, you get like, what, 45 minutes. 
And then it's like uh-huh. you fly back and then you're back with the band and like, so I wanted to build this life where I could kind of just be mobile wherever I want to be. And um, yeah, it's just been it. This yeah, tor- yeah, dude. I when I go, I go. Like that's why I wanted to ask you. Like you say, you have two days off, but in your brain, you're still working on those two days. Oh, I don't have two days off. Like yeah. I, I mean, if you look at my calendar, I have Same two here. days off. I was just I was just on a phone call with my, with uh, a part of my team, and they were trying to figure out when um I when I was planning on doing um uh I, I have a, a buddy who has a, t- a radio show in cleveland mm-hmm. and i said i and they were like we were, we're gonna set up a phoner with you and him i was like no 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 if i go do a show i want to go in i want to go in yeah and i want to hang out with him like i have a buddy in uh dc who's got a radio show I'll, I'll call into him like i'll call into the other my other friend too but in my opinion i'd much rather be there yeah. i'd rather go in and have a fucking blast yeah it's the same thing with any conversation like you know like i had to do a bunch of podcasts during the pandemic it was just all fucking skypes and zooms it's just like how do you like really like see eye contact and feel when people are asking you something you know yeah, or or the, the hard part is to to inter- well, i interrupt people constantly but to interrupt somebody in the middle of something to go well i want to ask about that thing and you just it was kind of like monologue versus monologue and i i just i mean zooms are fine i'll do them if we need to but i, I only do them with people i really know because mm-hmm. it's a lot easier but um but yeah, and so I don't have those two days off. I just look at it like uh, Monday you fly, and then Tuesday you work, and then you fly out Tuesday night, mm-hmm. and then it, three days off is tricky for me. Yeah, I start getting depressed. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I have a hard time not working. Yeah, same here. I'm a workaholic. Like, yeah. how do you? That's what I wanted to ask you too. Like, like what's the idea of like how do you not get burnt out? Just stay focused or keep tasks, keep well, on doing I don't tasks. Think, I don't think there's such a thing as getting burnt out. Like, I don't believe in burnt out. What I, believe, what I know, here's the thing, though, also. So I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out this thing with my body. Because there's this thing that if I, my highs will get really high and I'll notice it. And then I can come down really hard. And then all of a sudden, it's not, it's not depression, but it's just not, not feeling great. And what it is a lot of times is my highs are coupled with a lot of hardcore boozing. Yeah, and like And like, fuck yeah. Like, and then so... What I did, this is a perfect example, is I did this uh, great fucking theater in Vegas. And then I, I knew that I had to fly to Austin the next day, that I was doing Two Two Bears and Rogan, which is basically roughly nine hours of talking in a day. And I knew I was going to be partying really hard. That, and then Tom was like, hey, we're going to this soccer game. And then I want to I take you here. And then so it was like, so that night in Vegas, I went out, we went to dinner, we had a couple drinks. And then I kind of actually like went, did like a, like a, okay i'm done and then everyone's like whoa you're not going out because we're in vegas and it's like 11 30 i go nope i'm gonna slow it down and then bring me to my room and uh and take it down a notch so i go to my room still not really down because i just got off a fucking great goddamn show yeah adrenaline yeah and so i listened to some history podcasts didn't get a great night's sleep but that next morning i i i knew that i didn't i didn't redline it so I knew that there was energy in the tank. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes I, I just, I, I think my thing is not getting burnt out. It's me partying too hard and riding the high for too long. But like I can work. I mean, I, I, I enjoy the fucking, I mean, I did three days, three months in Serbia, 12 hours a day, five days a week, six days, seven days a week towards the end. I just was like, I'd rather work than not. 
Yeah, that's why I can't, like, my brain starts going crazy when I start having to do these one-offs. Yeah. Like, I'm in town for five days, and then, like, I have to play, like, you know, let's say Memphis. Like, I'm going to Memphis uh, this week to play with um, Widespread Panic and uh, Nathana Rateliff and... Uh, Oh, yeah, you're a Florida boy, right? You know I Panic. Love, I love Widespread Panic. Dave Schools produced three of my records. Are you serious? Yeah, they're bass I player. I love Widespread Panic. Yeah, he's the one who got me off coke and addicted to pussy. Really? Yeah, I swear <laughs> to God. He's Wait. like, you can't do this your whole life, dude. You need to find love. You need to, like, you can't be doing blow all the time. Like, he got me off all that. And like, Really? Yeah. And that's what I think that idea of, like, not having something to do. Like, I, I was spending my time. Like, I still party. Like, I, you know. I'm on a five week bender right now with the tour. We've been on tour for five weeks and I drink and you know, it's like, it's just hard to turn it off. Yeah. And like, cause you know, you have other shit to do. Like I'm not drinking all day. I like, I, I, I start drinking like halfway through my set and I drink until that's the thing that's the, and I'm by the way, I'm not to jinx myself with longevity, but like, <laughs> I don't drink, I don't drink all day at all. And yeah. like, and like today I go, I'm going to work out. I'm going to, I, I'm trying to think of this. Um, I was trying to think of this uh, promo video. So I spent two hours this morning playing around with this promo video. I got it dialed in. I sent the idea to my team. They greenlit it. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to do it. I got on the treadmill. I took a conference call. I do a podcast. I'm going to get back on the treadmill. Do I have another conference call. Do another podcast. And then, I'm gonna, and then I have another conference call. I'm going to polar plunge. And then at like 7 o'clock at night, I'm gonna open a bottle of wine. Yeah, but like I can't. I can't just. I mean, I can go all day, all nonstop, all day. But and I. But I know that 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 um puts a dent in the next day for me. Yeah, same. Totally. I'm like that too. Like, and it's also like you don't feel like you're the most productive you could be when you you know like when I'm day drinking. I kind of my brain kind of starts turning into party mode. You know. I'm. I've. I've always looked at those guys that I've toured with that go. We go to lunch and they they go, what kind of IPAs do you have? And I go, for real? Yeah. Are we starting? And they're like, well, I'm just going to have a beer with lunch. And I was like, for what? The calories? <laughs> just have, yeah. a, have a have a milkshake if I'm, you're looking for calories. I'm the same way, dude. I, I go, I go, hey man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have. I, by the way, I won't even have a root beer. Yeah. Like I'll have a diet. Co- I won't even have a diet coke if I have like, because I'm I'm also hypersensitive to caffeine. Like I'll drink water or Kool Aid, and that's it. Yeah. It, it, but if someone wants to, like, I'm always shocked when people can have a beer and turn it off. I go, Oh no, I had a beer. It's on. Yeah, that's how I'm saying. I have no switch. I have one switch. Yeah. And I'm in, and I'm and I'm raging. Yeah. If not, can't just like, like, what about? Okay, here's a question too. What about during your off days, and you start like. Do you drink? Do you have day drinking? So yeah, so uh, so that's been <laughs> that's, that's been too. that's been a little bit of a problem for me. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like because they were like we were trying to figure out th- we have three days off in Florida and we're trying to figure out we were in Tallahassee on the 24th and then we're in Jacksonville that Thursday. I think Thursday is our first show in Jacksonville. So they're like, what do you want to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? And they're like, let it's Fantasy Fest in Key West. Let's go to Key West. And then Dave Williamson's like, hey guys, if we're looking to like rest this might not be the best idea for bert and because they're like it's just going to be an all-day party and he will go into jacksonville worse for wear yeah then and then then they're like well let's go to the bahamas and everyone's like everyone's like yeah and then and then they're they're thinking we'll get we'll be in the water well and then dave once again texts he's like okay once again if we're on a boat i guarantee you their beer is out like yeah. let's think 
what's the best for us resting? And so we're trying to figure out, we might just get a, like a Air, Airbnb in, in Jacksonville beach, just be on the beach and relax. But even still, I'll, I'll, I'm probably going to have an early day drink. Yeah. Like, unless I can do something physical. Well, it's that three day rule. Like you said, after two days of working, you finally have that day. That's what's the problem with me. Like I'll work for those two days. And then that third day before I have the, the next five day run, yeah. I'll black out till three or 4 a.m. Drink yeah. at the bar. Cause you know, it's like, or like we're all, we're in town. People want to see us. They only see us once a year and I'll just like start drinking all day. And then I'm, and then I'm a piece of shit on show day. Gentlemen, the holidays came early because Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand has launched their new products, all new ultra premium body wash and two in one shampoo and conditioner. God damn it. I love two in one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself beautiful skin, hair and balls this Hollywood's holiday season. I guarantee your hygiene routine will never be the same. Go to manscaped.com slash Bert for 20% off plus free shipping. Make sure you're feeling and smelling prepared for a little action under the mistletoe. Leanne is obsessed with her fucking clippers. Leanne did a podcast read. Oh, here's Isla. Maybe not the person I want to finish up my Manscaped read in front of. Uh, if you have dry skin, you're in luck because their new products include ultra premium butter wash. This 16-ounce aluminum bottle with pump top is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling fresh, clean, and moisturized. If you're going to be using body wash, you have to make sure it's good for your skin. I guarantee you this is because it's clean, it's vegan, dye-free formula scented with authentic refined cologne. The two-in-one shampoo and conditioner have key ingredients with benefits that include sea kelp extract. This helps remove toxins while hydrating hair and scalp. Coconut water hydrates for a refreshing look and feel, nourishing and conditioning. Saw palmetto helps prevent hair strengthening and regeneration. And take care of those hairs, fella. Don't forget the lawnmower 4.0, which Leanna is obsessed with. She keeps hers over on her side. And she's like, don't touch it. That's mine. She did one read for Manscaped. And the woman is like fucking head-to-toe Manscaped. That's all she talks about. Ride or die. She is a ride or die for Manscaped. Uh... I'm telling you, you get their uh, their perfect package 4.0, which includes crop rever- pre- preserver, crop reviver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, toner, and you can already put your deodorant on your armpits. Why aren't you putting something on your balls, right, guys? Get 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash Burt. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash Burt. Clean up your candy cane this year with Manscaped. This podcast is brought to you by the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, 3G. All products are formulated by a biochemist made in the USA with USA-grown hemp. 3G Delta 8 is a federally legal version of THC and is more functional alternative to marijuana. It gives an amazing buzz with a great body feel, but with a cleaner head, less anxiety, and less paranoia. Who doesn't want that? It's available online at 3G.com. That's the number 3CHI.com. And at retailers around the country. And remember, this is not CBD. This is psychoactive. It will give you a buzz. So please use responsibly. 3G now has Delta 8 ball candies, Delta 8 cookies, Delta 8 crispy treats available. Candies are available in packs of 5 and 25. Cookies are available in chocolate chip sugar cookie. And the cereal treats are made in crispy and fruity flavors. 3G now has disposable vapes. A separate battery is no longer needed for your vape cartridge anymore. These come in ready to use right out of the box and are available in 10 different strains. Go to 3Chi, that's the number 3CHI.com to shop for Delta 8 edibles, vapes, tinctures, and gummies, and oils 
that can be used to make your own homemade edibles. Use the code BERT at checkout and receive 5% off your order. Remember, must be 21 to purchase. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, let me tell you. I, uh, there's, there is not, for me, when I know I have a day off, like, so, so I've got to plan a day off. So like Sunday, I'm yeah. giving myself the day off. I've, I've set up Sunday to be a day off. What do you do on your day off? Well, I, well, I, I start planning it again. <laughs> like I still start working. So like this morning, so I got a, a big group. I got big group of people take us to go see the Rams game. We've, this has already happened, so I'm, I'm comfortable telling everyone about it. We got like 24 tickets to go see the Rams game. I, I wanted to bring all our families and all their all our friends and all their families and treat everyone and get a, and get a Sprinter van, take us all down there, um, leave at like 11, the game starts at 1, get down there early, enjoy the facilities, see a little bit of the practice, you know, a little bit of the warm-up, watch the entire game, and then come home that night. And then that was it. And then I just start over planning. And today I texted, I was like, okay, everyone get here at 9 a.m. We're gonna do we're gonna do mimosas and bloody marys, and I'm gonna make uh I'm gonna make breakfast burritos for all the kids on our on our griddle outdoors, and then we'll all hang out. Maybe and then I was like, maybe we'll smoke a little weed. I've got mushrooms. I was like, maybe we'll all and then everyone's like, hey man, this seems like a very long day for me. And I'm like, I was like, well, turn it up, motherfucker. Yeah, like crank it up, bitch. Yeah. Like, let's this is my day off. We're gonna fucking bust our ass and yeah. have a fucking day off. And Leanne's like, hey, dial it down. Like, I I can't, I can't just, I, mean, I get depressed. I get up and I just stand around. I'm like, so what are we doing? Yeah. Leanne's like, nothing. I was like, are, are people coming over? She's like, no, we're just going to sit here. I was like, what? Tell the girls to come downstairs. She's like, they're doing homework. I go, so I'm just going to sit and stare at you? She's like, I don't know, read a book. I'm like, no, fuck way. And then I just go out here and I start trying to come up with ideas to shoot promos. And maybe that's why we like this life. You know, because we have a plan. It's always like drive to the town, do your sound check. You have your your lunch, your dinner. Yeah. You have your two hour hang time with the boys. Then you get the adrenaline before you walk up on stage. It's like it's his plan. It's like yeah. a routine. I love a routine. Me too. I love the routine of like of of. I mean, I. Someone said to me the other day, they're like. Uh, I think it was when I did Red Rocks, they're like, so what's 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 your plan? And I was like. Well, if you if you don't know my plan, then you're not a part of my team. Yeah, like my guys know my plan. Like I we Same. we get up we oh, we we wake up in a city maybe around eleven o'clock. Uh, we all the greatest thing in the world is you walk out into the center of the bus and everyone's starting to move around and wake up and everyone's coffee. making coffee. Someone want a coffee? I'll take a coffee. Yeah. And then we start. And then I'll I I always say I don't want to call. I my call my first coffee is at like seven o'clock at night. That's my first coffee. So I go, I no coffee for me. I don't, like, I don't drink coffee during the day. So I, my, I, I, don't, I don't need that energy. I need that later in the day. Yeah. So we get up. We find a place to eat. We all go eat. We bust balls. We laugh. We talk comedy. We, we write jokes. We fucking think. Then we all come back. Everyone kind of splits up a little bit. Maybe you take a little bit of a nap. Mm -hmm. And then 5 o'clock, uh, 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, we go work out, go to the gym, or do some sort of workout. Some, maybe like, well, I'll take a hike, or we'll go outside, we'll play paddle ball and then a nap right before the show like an hour nap before the show lay down you always take a nap i take a nap before the show every time in my bunk it's my favorite nap i get in it's ice cold i pull it up i pull the blind i actually do a dance in my bunk when yeah. i get in my bunk i go how do you 
Dude, I'm like that too. When yeah. I get my own bed, I'm like, when, my, when I get my own hotel room, I'm like, I finally am like a kid again. Oh, it's the greatest <laughs> fucking feeling. And then I get up. Uh, I don't have anyone wake me up until showtime. So show starts at seven. Uh, Parfait will come in and wake me up at seven and I'll take a shower in the bus and then um, and then get dressed, kind of like go over my notes. He'll come in and make me a Tito's and soda and a big glass, no lime and a coffee. So it's, and a it's, like, it's like a, a real routine. It's comforting it's for people to know your routine. Yeah. And then and then we do Red Rocks and everyone's like, so do you need anything? And I'm like, no, everyone that knows what I need knows what I need. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, like I, I, Leanne's like, so what should we do now? And I'm like, just don't talk to me. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I know. Are you are you okay? Are you nervous? And I'm That's like, why I hate having family before the show because I'm like pacing. Yeah. I'm like, I have a routine. I'm like a like a lion ready to rock. Yeah. Dude. Like, don't fuck with the vibe. Yeah. It do, and, and, and there's certain things you got to be in your head about like where you need to kind of center yourself before you perform. It's fun to see others. You know, when I first acted, I acted in this movie and I acted, I wanted to say, I'm curious now about acting and I want to work with other actors because I want to see their process mm -hmm. because knowing I have a process for standup is fun to see other people's process for standup. Yeah. You know, to see how other people prepare like, uh, like Rogan likes to like, I mean, I don't want to out him because I don't know if he knows he does this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes right before he gets on stage, he starts like, like shadow boxing or kicking or yeah. like, you know, and you, and it's kind of fun to watch how he gets ready. Yeah. You know, Tom's just dead inside. Yeah. Just, huh? <laughs> a lot of people are like that. Like I, yeah, a lot of routines. Like I love how athletes prepare themselves for, like, I love watching Kobe before, like right before he was like going on how yeah. just like such a fucking animal he is and like everyone has their own way of just like getting ready it's like you're going to war yeah it, it, when you're out there and it, it sometimes sometimes you can get out of your routine where you start going oh whatever just let's get started yeah but if you're if you're dialed in and you're like all right i got my my little rituals or i'm getting my head straight then it's always a better performance i feel like 100 and it's it's funny sometimes it's those big venues that get the bigger, better performance out of you. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a, you know, smaller venue. You just go, oh, it's two shows. Let's get them out of the, like, and you go, oh no, you got to bring that shit every fucking yeah. day. Um, so, but your show is very improvised. Yeah. And we, we, you know, we're, I'm, that's the thing. Like people expect me to just like be crowd surfing and fucking jumping around. And some days I was like, it's, I'm not in my routine or like, that's why like, flying in to do these shows like that's one thing about the bus tour is the best because they're driving you through the night yeah and then you're in the town like i'm on i'm, I'm in a lot of van tours like we're a, we do a sprinter and a trailer a lot and um we drive like seven hours through the day for the first half of the day so like that's just part of my routine jeez and like the the how you built a routine through the bus tour is like is perfect because like oh. you wake up you're already in the town you could do your routine. You can talk shit with your boys. Like, you know, my part of my routine is everyone doesn't talk to each other for five hours because we're hung over because we stayed up till three, four a.m. How many people are in your band? There's seven of us. So you got I've seen I've seen I've watched videos of you guys, mm -hmm. but you've got uh what list them off like the the different saxophone, yeah, uh, bass, drums, guitar, me, and then we have a miscellaneous guy who who is like plays every because we all switch instruments and do like we all play 
every instrument. So like songs were like, I want to play drums on, I'll just kick the drummer off and we'll play drums. And like, kind of like we built a thing where we could like be a uh, positionless, kind of like basketball right now, positionless basketball where you'd have like a center play point guard and you know, that's fucking great. It, it, it keeps me fresh, you yeah. know? Cause like, I, I don't know about you. Like I love routine, but the minute that I start feeling my show becomes stale, I start going crazy. Like I feel like when I go into autopilot, you ever get like this when sometimes you go into autopilot in a, in, in a bit or something, it's just yeah. like, it's fucked up. Like I, 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 how do you I, wake yourself out of that? Um, I, I, how I do it is I get drunk before the show. Yeah, same. So like if I if I have if I find myself in rote is what I call it, um, where I'm just like this now this now this now this, and then what I'll do is one show where it's where it's maybe like uh, maybe not maybe it's an okay show to get drunk at. Maybe it's a late show. Someone and and, and like Boston's always a good place to do it yeah. because they always want you fucking hammered on stage. I just kind of. Uh, I just kind of uh, get drunk, like not too drunk, but, yeah. but enough where I fuck up my act. Yeah. And then when in fucking it up, no one notices it, but you notice it and you've got to rewrite it on the fly. Um, you can't really do crowd work in theaters anymore. I can't. No. Because there's you, too many people. Too big, yeah. Yeah, it's like, what, I mean, it's what, a, what a shit show for everyone else is I, you're doing fucking 6,000 seats or fucking 3,500 seats is, is fair. And you're gonna fucking talk to the guy in the front row, but and they don't even see. No one sees him, and no one hears him. <laughs> like it's fucking crazy yeah, it's to fucking me. Fucking nuts. And so, but uh, but yeah, like you know, get high. I've gotten high before a show, and then and then you're like you're just like going, oh. I you gotta. ever take psychedelics for a show? No, I psychedelics are interesting to me. Is that I enjoy them. I enjoyed them. The last time I did them, I didn't have a good time. But then I had a. During the surgery, I had a real fear of death, and I and I investigated mushrooms. Tell me about that. And then what? The fear of death? Yeah. Oh, why? Oh, why? Because of the surgery. So what happened? I don't even know. So I was doing my movie, and I was doing uh, some hardcore acting. Is the safest way to put it. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, and I fucked up my 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 tricep. I pulled my tricep. By the way, I also pulled my right tricep. I wonder if I should get that one MRI'd. I never even thought of that. It's probably healed by now. Probably. But I, pulled my tricep um, my left tricep i fucked it up it's like all black and blue and then i was like oh i wonder what happened and then i was doing some more acting and i was carrying a guy out a, a door and i heard three distinct pops just tut, 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 and i went oh fuck and i tore 58 percent of my triceps did off. they stop the movie or were you still like no i just i pulled the director aside and i was like hey man i'm gonna have to get surgery for this that that's guaranteed why don't we just get the scene right now and if i fuck it up a little more i don't really give a fuck i'm still getting surgery and he was like i was like and it doesn't hurt yet but it's gonna hurt in like 20 minutes 30 minutes it'll be i won't be able to use it so let's just keep doing the takes and so we just kept doing the takes like mj in the flu game baby dude i said to i said to it was Father's Day when it happened, and I said to my wife, "I will give my arm for this movie. I will give my arm for this movie. I want this movie to be great, and I'm not going to shortchange it because I got hurt. It's my movie. It's not, listen. If it was fucking someone else's movie, I wouldn't do it. But yeah. it's my movie. I will give this arm for it." And my wife's like, "That's crazy." And I was like, "I'm pretty sure I'm going to need surgery." Then it felt fucking awesome. It felt great. And I was like, like it, a month later, I was like, "It doesn't hurt anymore." I get back to the States and they're like, oh, yeah, you need surgery immediately. I was like, really? And they're like, you should have gotten surgery the day you heard it. 
And Hold on, like, how much more scenes did you have to do before another half of a movie? Fucking legend. Dude, I don't know about legend, but I was like, I just did the rest of the movie. And you and I we we've screened it and I was like, can anyone tell that my arm hurts there? And they're like, no. Cause it it not to give too much away. I won't I won't give it away. But it, but no one could tell that my arm hurt throughout the entire movie. So I was like, perfect. And I did a ton of hardcore acting quote unquote uh while my arm was hurt i was just like fuck it i was like i'm not gonna fucking waste this opportunity on a hurt arm it's gonna need surgery so then i get home and they're like you should have had surgery a month ago it's retracted like x amount of centimeters into your arm we're gonna have to pull it down it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough surgery and i was like and i was like all right and i was like hey, i gotta go do a show and they're like huh I was like, I have a show this weekend. So I went and did the show, came you home. You a brace or anything? No, I just went and did the <laughs> show and uh, came home and then got the surgery. But right before the surgery, I had a real fear of death. And it freaked me out. It fucked me up. I get out of surgery. I'm watching Paul Hammett's, Paul Hammett, uh, Magic Mushroom mm -hmm. on, on, on Netflix. I haven't seen it. Yeah? Oh, it fantastic is. fun guy. <laughs> it is fucking surreal i got you and i was out. like all right i was like i might have to i might have to get back into mushrooms i was like I, I might have to i might have to dabble and see if i can ground myself and get mm -hmm. rid of this fear of death so um so i i, I uh i acquired some they are no oh, longer paul stamets yeah paul stamets. oh he's the legend yeah he's a legend i met this dude i met this dude in rogan's fucking studio and he was like, Rogan's like, hey, we're getting ready. The three of us, I think I had just been drugged. But the three of us are, me, Tom, and Ari are sitting in the playing pool. And he comes out and Joe's like, guys, this is Paul Stamets. And we're like, hi. And he was like, Joe's like, like this is the foremost authority on mushrooms. And we're like, oh, cool. None of us gave a fuck. We were like, great. Are you ready for us? <laughs> like, we're ready to bring the thunder. And then I see this documentary and I reached out to Paul Stamets and they're like, like his fucking request for interviews is long as yeah. a, as an elephant's fucking everyone wants him yeah and so but i ended up uh going i'm getting mushrooms and i'm gonna fucking try them and find a day that it works i just don't i think i'm gonna try them i don't know when i'm gonna do i haven't done them yet are you afraid to like go deep into your head yeah very it's not fun i know so that's why you don't it's like not gonna drink a whole bottle of james before you go to the sh play it's right. you're gonna take a microdose and see how your brain works with them and my um the last time i took them we were in uh dallas texas addison texas it was me and three other comics and we took them after our second sh before our second show mm -hmm. going they'll kick in when we're off stage we'll go over to the piano bar have a good time we all took them and then we got done the show and then they're like oh by, by the way we have three shows on saturday so we had to do one more show. And high I was as like, fuck. High as fuck. I hate that feeling, dude. And the candles were moving. And it was like... Did you get laughs? Was it a good show? I have no recollection. All I know is <laughs> I thought I broke my brain. And I was like... And I and I immediately regretted it. I was like, I have two kids that depend on my brain to make them money. And then here I am fucking around taking psychedelics. And, and this guy uh, just kind of fucking grabbed me and held by the hand and was like come on it's just a drug it goes through your body just it's it's the same as eating bad tuna mm -hmm. you're gonna feel it and it's gonna go away okay yeah. and this isn't you forever 
And he was like, and, he, and he's like, uh, let's go to the piano bar. We'll listen to some cheap music, drink cheap beer, and we're going to laugh our asses off. And we stayed up until five in the morning. And yeah. I have so many fucking pictures from that night. I had a camera with me <laughs> and I was just taking pictures of the fire. And it looks like we're on mushrooms. Yeah. And it's like, you got to like get out of that reality, like that you're going to die. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I did that happened to me. I, you know, in, in Netherlands, the, the mushrooms are very, very potent and they're like these, they're wet. And they're kind of like these like little spores. And I play, we were playing Paradiso. Um, have you ever been there in the Netherlands? I have. That I old church venue. Know. Oh, no. it's so beautiful. Um, and in Europe, when you play in Europe, they still give you glass shots and shit. And I'm high as fuck on mushrooms. And I'm crowd surfing to the crowd. And then, like my one of my bits is like, I'll throw the bottle of Jameson to the sound guy and I'll crowd surf to the to the sound guy or I'll yeah. go to the bartender like I need a shot I'll crowd serve the shot whatever and they had like seven shots I was, we were drinking Jägermeister at the time uh, right at the front of the stage and the crowd you know it's like when you're you know you start getting uh, some speed you, you're just you're crashing into the stage Yeah. and I crashed into the stage and shards of glass and like I was bleeding out and I still had about 30 minutes left of the show I'm like I'm not give me a towel I wrapped a towel because when you're on mushrooms, you feel like you're invincible. Yeah. And like, I felt kind of woozy and almost was passed out. But I want, I, I, I wanted to finish the show because like in my brain, if I gave up, then I feel like I'll never do mushrooms again. You yeah. Because like, so I finished the show and uh, the Netherlands are so cool. Like they'll test your drugs. Like you could give, they have like shops in the festivals where like, oh, I got some cocaine. I got some MDMA. Well, you just test it to see if there's no fentanyl in it or anything yeah. in there. And so the doctor is just like another fucking high ass American coming to the <laughs> coming to Amsterdam, getting too fucked up, cutting his foot up. They're like, it's like it's just like you got to get out of that barrier because I thought I was gonna die. I thought I was gonna bleed out. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And it was just a cut on my fucking. Foot. Uh, I cut my foot. I have, by the way, you have great feet. I have beautiful fucking feet. You have hot feet. I, I have cut, shitty feet. No, your feet aren't bad. They're 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 a, a, a leisure foot. <laughs> they're yeah. They're, yeah can, my mom calls them pterodactyls. No, the, you got, you have like big dick feet. Like <laughs> I wish <laughs> I got the smallest dick, Bert. I got the smallest dick. Yeah. 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 Especially with my body on it now. So like my body's gotten so much bigger, but my dick stayed the same size. Yeah, dude. So it's just, I outgrew my dick. Does Tommy have a big dick? We have the exact same size dick. Really? Yeah. What about Rogan? He had big dick. Yeah, he has a big dick. I could tell that full. Just yeah, fucking... got, it looks like a fucking, it's got a, it looks like a thumb. It's got a nail on it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah! Shout out to <laughs> it, it'll hitchhike. It'll stick his way out of his pants. My uh, guitar player has the biggest dick, and like we went, I won't. We were in uh, China. We went to some, uh, you know, some. We had some fun, and we were all in a jacuzzi together, <laughs> naked at the end of the night. And like I, I'm so intimidated. Like, and uh, they're all in this jacuzzi. They're naked. We're fucking just hammered. And uh, I just like glanced over my my bandmates just fucking hog legs dude i'm just like this little thumbnail dick i'm dude. like please i'm still a good businessman right <laughs> i'm still I, I got the micro sd he's got the <laughs> he's got the floppy disk I over know, there dude. the old school just dong you that's know? so funny wait so wait where have you toured where have you toured around the world yeah so uh we do um i've been touring europe for the last eight years we do six countries western europe that's like our biggest market is like Germany, like Bavaria. Like really? we'll bring like 10,000 people in Bomberg, Germany, like near Munich. We'll bring a couple thousand in the Netherlands. And then um, China, we play Hong Kong every New Year's Eve. 
really? which is wild. Like wild, wild, wild. Like we're like rock star, rock star. Like we opened for like Justin Bieber and really, like, yeah, Casey and the Sunshine. But it's so every year is so different with China because they're like, oh, we got David Beckham. David Beckham's gonna headline this year, and like he's just like they paid him like three hundred k to just do ten, nine, eight. Are you I'm serious, like, mother? Dude, I am in the wrong fucking gig. <laughs> ten. No. He's all looking all hot, you know the. But they're always the hospitality is great. Like we've always, yeah, we've like I've had sex with a hooker my first time in China, and really? it was it was it was kind of weird because I'm a type of dude who like I'm not just a dude who just has sex. Like I like have like a communication talk. Yeah, I had like twelve. It was like four a.m. and like one of the promoters like, hey Frasco, you know this musician, ex musician has going through a scandal, so he can't really have the hookers. I'm like, all right, I'll I'll take them. I've never had a hooker before, and um, that's got to be fucking awesome. It's to awesome have that much freedom because I if if we got offered hookers, I would definitely like. I don't know if I'm I'm the kind of guy that could could do it because I have a weird thing about diseases yeah. and fear of that. But I would love to be. I sometimes fantasize if my whole family died, then I could be that guy. Yeah. Then I'd just be like, fuck it, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've, I've I've always you know I'm about a guy trying. stuff things yeah like i just always want to see some new shit and so i tried the hooker thing it was like it's fucking horrible dude. really like i'm not a dude who likes his like asshole touched and like taint they had a taint brush and like poking me with for it. real they were like getting in your real. asshole and everything yeah it was really weird because like first like they take they get you naked and like these the girls who don't have sex with you are like they're washing you and they're like, I could hear them like making fun of my dick. Like, they're like, oh. <laughs> like it's like, it's cute. That's cute. impressive when a Chinese woman thinks it's small. <laughs> She's like, dad, it's not, I've seen small, but it was, it, and I was just like, so like, I couldn't get hard. Yeah. Cause like, it's just like, you're, it's so wait, what, like, wait, you walk into a, like a, or is it in a, it's room? like a really nice hotel room and they had a butler and they put you in and you press, uh, they take you into the elevator and instead of going up, they take you down to the basement. And it's yeah. like, it felt like a steam room, like a, like uh with like grape leaves. You like ever been to those like yeah. Turkish bath yeah. uh, yeah, and the, stuff? Yeah. The, I've been to the Russian baths in on 11th street. Oh, me too. That yeah. one's awesome. In, in the city. It's, yeah. It's great. I love that. Dude. I love that one. That's a great one. The grape leaves and shit. So I was like, Oh, this kind of feels tight. And then uh, they're like, get in a jacuzzi. I'm like, okay, I'll get in a jacuzzi. Totally naked, right? Totally naked. Yeah. Well, they first they shower you like four times. They clean, keep you clean. And like they shower uh, okay. me. Okay, I could be into this. And I roll in, and then they feed you. Like they get, I got like some egg rolls and, <laughs> and some like some like chow mein and shit. And then they bring you into the into the area, and then this like like legit Asian butler with like this little mustache. It felt like like rush hour three or four up in yeah. here comes in, Mister Frasco, and he goes like this: twenty girls are around you like with a number tag or whatever i'm like holy shit this is fucking real this is a real house and like they had the 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 scorpion tattoo so their um triad like there was like a triad oh, vibe wow. i'm like okay i'm not i, I feel safe I'm, this is fine we're in like a nice ass five-star hotel so I'm yeah like, i'm this is not shady um and I was like so nervous. Like I made they I'm like, I don't know which one to pick. The butler picked one for me. Then she goes and waits. And then I get showered again. I get a massage. Then I roll in there and she's like waiting for you. And like the whole room is kind of weird. It's like kind of plasticky uh leather, you yeah, know, because yeah. it's like 
because they want to clean it easy. Clean it, yeah, just like a fucking, I, I, like a hose, just fucking water. Just come in, a guy in a hazmat suit, <laughs> just uh, beat it, beat it. Here's your yeah. Lakers jersey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it legit felt like that. And then you shower again before you go in there. Then they put a condom on. Then they start like getting a taint brush and like, and like, like, like a bunch of foreplay to you. Foreplay to me because they're trying to make you come quick. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, yeah, of course. She's like, yeah, it's like, it's almost like why they give you bread at, at uh, Olive Garden. Yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, you, you ain't going to eat all that. <laughs> You're going, we're going to fill you up with, with taint brushes. And, yeah. and, That's fucking awesome. Yes. So then, and then, so keep going. So, I, so we were having sex and it was 4 a.m. And I shouldn't even started, you know, I go into podcast mode where I start interviewing the hooker or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So we had like 15 minutes left. I came and like, kind of like, you know, like after you come, you're like, yeah. So I'm like, it's uncomfortable. You're like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like I kind of wish you were dead. So you just walk out. Yeah. yeah Cause they give you alarm. Like when you have to leave. And then, um, and then, so I was like, so I'm like, so what do you do? <laughs> like, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. What do you do other than play with people's taints yeah, and assholes? Like, I'm and like, so them. how many people you been with today? She's like, oh, my legs are so tired. I start like massaging her feet. Then you're like, well, man, I wish I'd gotten her at the beginning of her shift. <laughs> I know. It was like 4 a.m., dude. She's like, oh, I was, I've been with like seven people today. I'm like, my, then I start freaking out. Like, your mind does the math. Then I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm at a whorehouse. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait, how girl- many days a week do you work and how long have you been working here? <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, I'm so tired. So she, she's like, will you rub my feet? So I start rubbing her feet and her ankles. And we just started talking about her life in Hong Kong. Oh, And wow. then she's like, okay, I'm going to bed now. And she just left. And then I had to go back. I'm like, I'm walking. I'm like by myself. I'm like, okay, all right. So then they feed you again, get you a couple more egg rolls in you and some like some orange chicken and shit. And then, then you could take a nap. And there's like a bunch of people in these like kind of like massage chairs. And um, I'm like, all right, I got to get the fuck out of here. 4 a.m. My high is because like it's super illegal to like do drugs in China. Oh, yeah. I found some weed, but found that it was opium. So it was kind of like high on opium. So it was kind of like chill, comatose, like yeah throughout the whole night. And then I just like sobered up. I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of here. All of a sudden it wears off. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it it was it was an experience, but um I'll never do it again. <laughs> that I fucking Jesus Christ, I wish you were at the camera with you. I would love <laughs> Dude, I wish I was I wish I had the podcast machine there. I've never <laughs> And we're I've, live I've, at this whorehouse. I've been to uh I think technically one like legit house of prostitution. What, like they took you there after a gig or no no no. I was there, I was uh it's so funny the guy that one of the guys ended up doing it i, I think i had a girlfriend at the time was there a bar for everyone could hang out at and then you could like hang another- out at the bar and then they took you downstairs and then it was in it was in uh baden baden germany germany oh yeah and the guy that was there the guy germans that, are kinky he was like he was like i think i'm gonna do it and i was like really he's like it's 110 dollars yeah. he was like I, I haven't got laid in like forever and i was like really he's like yeah i think i'm gonna do it and i was like do it and he's like, you're gonna promise you'll never tell anyone. And I was like, I'm not gonna tell us all. <laughs> Cut to, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> By the way, the guy—I'm not saying the guy's name, but yeah. uh, but he did it, and then he came out, and he was like, you could see the shame on him immediately. Yeah, dude. And he was like, all right, let's go, let's go back to the hotel. And yeah, you like, wake up from the horniness. It's like that's sometimes when I get horny like that, like yeah. I kind of just go into tunnel vision. It's crazy 
that your that your body will allow your brain will allow your your fluids to take over and go like oh no 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 i'm gonna fuck that thing yeah and then all of a sudden you get done you're like what did i do yeah and that's why i don't cheat on my wife because i know that i know the feeling after i do it unless 100%. it's angelina jolie but like <laughs> i mean unless i could i swear to god unless it was something where i go okay i'm now moving in with this woman would leanne let you have a threesome with no. her never oh no not with her that she i think she'd be readily she would more allow me to have a threesome with two other people than with her Leanne would never be in a three. What about like has has a couple ever asked you and Leanne to like yo let's fuck together? Yeah, what happened? You do it? Uh, Leanne cho- almost choked on her steak. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They uh, they um, yeah they they asked us if they said that we were. The guy said that he found Leanne attractive, and we were at their house, and uh, and I and. And then they, he asked if I found his wife a dragon. His wife was fucking hot as shit. And I was like, oh, yeah, obviously. We did, neither Leanne and I knew what was happening. Did you think this was pre-planned? It was definitely pre-planned. Yeah, it was definitely pre-planned. And by them, not Leanne and I are like yeah. this. And then he, they said, have you guys ever thought about, you know, switching? And I started laughing. And Leanne realized it was the pitch. She had stake and she literally choked, went, <laughs> and was like, no 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 we haven't they're like well you should um leanne was pregnant at the time and it was so fucked up it was so (laughs) fucked up we walked out we walked out we got in my car and she was like what the fuck just happened and i go i think we could have fucked them she was like and the 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 wife was so fucking hot i was like babe i mean think about it She was like, are you being serious? I was like, I'm fucking joking, but like. I'm pregnant, Bert. She goes, I'm fucking six months pregnant. And I go, I know, but like, I and she's like, can you fuck? I mean, both of us laughed so hard in the car. We're like, holy shit. Did you guys leave right after that? Or did you guys stay for hours? We stayed for a little bit. We stayed. Leanne did the dishes. Like, that's who Leanne is. <laughs> she's she so did the dishes. Sweet. Um, And it was so bizarre. It was so bizarre that I. And I was like, I I think this affects how I look at those people, and I, and I, I shouldn't. I mean, they were just asking what they wanted, yeah. And it, I should have taken it as a compliment, but it's still it kind of like I was like, the idea that you'd ask to fuck my pregnant wife was so such a like. So you don't have a problem asking for anything, yeah. Like, and so well, uh, were they close, or was this like kind of strangers, kind of new relationship? Like, did they feel like they started feeling comfortable with you? No, that we were. I was. I was close. With yeah we were we were close we knew them pretty well um leanne knew them less than i knew both of them like it was but it was uh it was really awkward it was really awkward and never and like but leanne's pretty meat and potatoes sexually mm-hmm. yeah. she knows what she likes she does what she likes that's yeah. it it's not there's i think all the experimenting is done she's like i i'm 51 i'm this is what i like mm-hmm. um i don't think I don't. I never really experimented too much. Like I, I had a fucking weird threesome once, but like it did one sex. Two girls, just, two guys. Oh, two guys. Yeah, it's me and two guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a train. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so no human centipede. Uh, the uh, no, it was I had two girls, but it was like it was just it wasn't anything more than like a little fooling around. It wasn't like sex, and it and it, and we all woke up the next day kind of laughing and i i think kind of half remembering what we did because mm-hmm. we were pretty fucking wasted mm-hmm. we were 
not even pretty wasted. We were very fucking wasted. And um, we went to the, I went to the store that morning and got us uh, Otter Pops, the big Otter Pops. And we were all so fucking hungover. We just sat and ate Otter Pops and watched TV and kind of laughed and kind of laughed and didn't acknowledge what happened. We oh, you like, guys didn't hook up again? No, never again. No, never again. And then, uh, and then I think that's the closest I've ever come. That's the only time I've ever had anything like one that. One of my bandmates and his wife, um, I won't tell you which one, but they're into group sex. I, I, I Some would, people like that. I would imagine I would love it. Like, here's the deal. You would have to, I would have to be with a woman that wanted to do that. Was, it was her idea. Yeah. Like I couldn't be the guy that pushes it. Cause then I'd feel like she's only doing that to stay with me. Yeah. It's like that guy. Remember there was that guy. I don't want, I don't want to talk negative about anybody. There was, there was a guy that was in the news and, and he was like, no, me and my wife, um, we, we experiment. We like, he was like talked about it in an interview. And I think everyone heard that and was like, sounds like you told your wife, this is the thing we're going to do yeah. to keep me happy. And I, I I wouldn't want that. I would want a woman to be like, no, I like that. I think that would be cool. You know, you're still my guy. I still love you. Yeah. Then I'd be like, I guess, but I I couldn't pitch it. But I, then again, it would be, I, I would be just me and Leanne, and she would be giggling at how awkward I am around other people. Yeah. She'd be like, oh, where's the stage bird? Where's the machine? Bring out the machine. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm trying to fuck this chick, Leanne. <laughs> I did. I had a a, a band member who like kind of came on to me said you want to open for my band you're gonna fuck my wife and i had sex with her wife his wife it was the weirdest thing ever dude wait do i know this band um yes i'm not gonna say who but okay okay by the um, way i'm gonna hang on one second stop right now and we're back and we're back <laughs> well wow, that, that was a little moment of sharing Ooh, um yeah but yeah he came out to me it was like it was kind of awkward and i was like okay i guess i'll do it I was really high on ecstasy too, and we were in his their bus and stuff. And I guess she had like it was like the same vibe. I think she he was ma- wanted me to do his wife so he could have a hall pass and hook up with groupies. Oh my god, that would be that'd be great if Liam was like, okay, you pick the guys, and then you can fuck whoever you want. I'd be like, oh great. Do you think those relationships work? I mean, they must, or it wouldn't happen, right? Yeah, because I think of like a like a Bob Marley, you know, like Bob Marley had this wife who would like take out all the the one night stands like, all right, hoes, get out of here. Bob's got to sleep. You yeah. know, like and that was his wife. That was his squeeze. You know, yeah. like I could see it working, but I also feel like jealousy would kick in real quick. I think oh, for me, it would for me, like it couldn't go the other way. For me, it would. I know for me, it would. You'd have to find someone and you see there there's like uh it's i don't want to like i said i'm trying not to speak negatively about anyone but i know like there are some big celebrities whose wives have allowed them to like like uh, i I hope this doesn't sound negative but like will smith and jada have been talking openly on her show about how she's allowed there to be infidel not she doesn't consider it infidelity she just i I think am i no no but there's they just said it again they just said it again where they like like monogamy doesn't mean a happy relationship yeah and i was like i wish that i i, I wish i mean i guess i wish i don't know I, i'm pretty i like what i have so like i like having sex with one person i like that i really like when we're done that i go i say to her all the time i can't believe we're still doing this just me and you like do you still so enjoy having sex with leanne i love having sex with leanne i love it the other day i was just telling tommy this i had like the best fucking 
visual thing that I'll never forget for the rest of my life. What happened? It was, it was uh, we were just like holding each other and the visual, I looked down and I could see her tits on top of my chest and it was so fucking sexy. And I, there's certain things about just like visually, I just think is she's just so perfect for me. Yeah. Like I, I like everything about her. I like everything she about her. She is the coolest chick. She's a cool chick, but she is like sexy too. I'm sure. I think she's sexy as fuck. And I go and I there's and I always say like I I don't know. It's uh like you ever have have you ever had sex with someone? You've had sex with more people than me. <laughs> have you ever had sex with someone and you don't you don't like the smell of them? Dude, I, I, it'll ruin everything. Yeah. I had a girl that smelled like balloons one time. And I was like, <laughs> Really? I was like, yeah. I was like like a like a plasticky or like a like rubbery just balloons. And I was like, mm. Sure that wasn't the condom? No, it by the way, uh it I definitely thought that at first. Uh, I had sex with her twice. And the second time I was like, God damn it. She smelled. I had sex with a chick one time that smelled like baloney. And I was like, and I ended up dating her. I, I, I go to her place. We have sex. And I, and she smells like baloney. And I go, well, I haven't had baloney since first grade. Like very suddenly. I'm like, I don't mind the smell of baloney, but it's just not something I'm into. Yeah. And so I was like, whatever. Maybe she had a baloney sandwich today. <laughs> right. So the next day, uh, we hook up again. We get back to her room. And I'm like, God damn it, this bitch ate bologna. Either she ate bologna again or she smells like bologna, right? <laughs> so leave. Third time we meet, we see each other at a bar. We go back. We have sex again. And I'm like, okay, this bitch smells like bologna. This is, <laughs> this is not a fluke. So I spend the night that night. We wake up in the morning and I go, um, she goes, uh, what, you want, are you hungry? And I was like, I'll just take a bologna sandwich. And she goes, <laughs> She goes, I don't eat bologna. And I go, you, you don't eat bologna? And she was like, no, why would I eat bologna? And I was like, oh, my God. It's her smell. Like, sh- her actual smell her is bologna. Her pheromone is bologna. And I was like, ah. Her pheromone is I was bologna. like, well, luckily, I like bologna. <laughs> with a little mayonnaise. Did you, uh, you had sex with her three times. So the bologna didn't. I dated her. Oh, you dated So yeah, you I kept on her. having sex with her. Yeah, I'm going to pull her picture up. Let me see her. Yeah. I feel bad for people who have sex with me. I just smell like Camel Lights and Jameson. You know? That's okay. I had sex with someone. I had sex. You can keep all this in as you pull the name up. Don't say the name. But I like that camp. I like the Jameson. I had sex <laughs> with a chick from Liverpool one time, and she had she smelled like um she she drank Cavassier and smoked Cools, and I thought this is what it smells like to fuck Tupac. <laughs> yeah, the whole time, the whole time. So the, I'll, I'll name my my chicks. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can't. Oh, oh not man. on this. Just type it in in the search in the search bar. So I got It'll a question up. for you. Sure. So when do you know that it's it's your person for the rest of your life? For me, it, it was no like you know it's so funny. I was a very big fan of um beautiful girls. Yeah. You ever see that movie? Yeah, yeah. Michael yeah. Rappaport. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking such a good movie. Such a good movie. And uh and Michael Rappaport's character in the movie gets dumped by his chick and then he proposes to her and his line in the movie is um she goes you only want me when you can't have me and he goes yeah that's how we know when we want things mm-hmm. is that sometimes you i forget the line can you see if you can find that line it's a, such a great line because i actually felt that way i dated leanne for like three months maybe less maybe more and uh and i just wouldn't commit and i didn't want to commit and I wanted to just be a guy because I also 
hadn't felt like I'd sown my oats. And I thought you'd do that when you get famous. I don't know. I thought I don't know That's what That's how I, I feel right now, bro. Yeah. I feel like I feel like why am I gonna settle on someone that likes me now when I can get famous and I can get people that'll like me more that are in a higher, you know, in my head, my, a higher tax bracket that I could get so much more. And then I remember thinking that almost like I'm not gonna settle now. I'm j- I'm still just doing the road as a feature act. Yeah. I wanna wait till I'm at least headlining, see what I can get then. Yeah. And uh Leanne dumped me. And and the second she dumped me, I went, Oh, this is a mistake. This is yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. This is the one. And I had hardcore pan attacks. I fucking lost my shit. I ended up in a closet watching um Fight Club on repeat and uh and not drinking and making her a mixtape, crying in my car, crying in the shower. I'm melting down. I could not hold it. T- is that is that the thing? Oh, don't worry about it. So, but I I remember hardcore melting down, and then I went on a hike on to Runyon. I was jogging down Outpost. The sun was setting. It looked beautiful, and I felt like I was with some higher power in my life following me at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, if you give me this woman back, I won't fuck it up. I go, this is the one. I knew it. I knew it without a doubt. I go, this is the one. This is the one. I fucked it up. I won't fuck this up. You give her back to me. I won't cheat on her. I'll treat her right. I'll but you make never sure. treated on her, right? No, but I cheated on everyone else. Oh, okay. Sorry, girls. The uh, oh, yeah. Not everyone else, but I, I was like a serial cheater. And not to have sex, but just to hook up. Yeah. You know, like, um, and so. Because uh, you're always looking for something better. I, I, was, I actually felt well, like one girlfriend bled into the next girlfriend. And then I just felt like, this sounds very selfish, but I felt like, and by the way, I believe in selfishness. I believe in selfishness. I've had this conversation with Tom. I I believe that if I was, if there was a better opportunity for my life for happiness, why would I deny myself that? Yeah. And and if the opportunity presented itself, then I should follow said opportunity. Yeah. And I did. I did. And I did a couple times. I cheated on a bunch of people. Not everyone, but like a great, great deal. And I got cheated on a bunch. And so part of me was like, that's the fucking rub. Yeah. But with Leanne, I was like, I won't cheat on her. I won't fuck it up. Just give her back to me. This is beautiful. It just rained in LA so you could see everything clearly. I think we might have talked about this. Mm-hmm. And uh I got back to my house, my did. apartment and she was there. She was there and I was like, I was like, oh fuck. And then I fucking started melting down. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Is this one? Is this one? Should I I got her back? So should, should I like that's what I want. So th- that's my question. Is all right, you get her back. Your brain's still telling you to a fucking abort mission it, yeah. because the, we have this idea that the grass is greener, you know, this whole selfishness idea that oh, I'm going to find someone better when I get a little more successful. That's what that was the problem with me. Like, this is why I've never committed to anyone because I always think I could get something better. So we're like, what's the ideal then? Like, what's the perfect chick for you? Uh, so- someone who could put up with me living on the road. Leanne. <laughs> She's a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking... Who- it's an uphill battle. I'm not going to try to like hook up with your wife or anything, but you know what I'm saying though? Yeah. Like that, it, it is an uphill battle because you're in a relationship, but like the idea that she accepts you for who you are. Accepts and the, you for your faults. Yeah. Knows your faults. Yeah. Works with your faults and then can kind of help fucking pull you out of your, out of your own way and yeah. get you. Uh, that's the best thing about her is, you know, we had, I had a meltdown in the Denver airport. She's like, you're getting back into therapy. Yeah. And I was like, and just to have a partner where you go, she's not doing this for selfish reasons. Yeah. She's doing this because she wants me to be happier. And or, even the same thing with, uh, with um, she used to do it. I think Ari kind of fucked this up for everyone. What? She would, she would, uh, 
I would have these times on the road where I was like pushing it hard. What time is it? Okay, I'm just checking. I don't want to keep you too late. But I'm like, here, dog. I got nothing to do. I flew out here for here for you. So, oh fucking for real? Nice, nice. Oh. That means you can take these mushrooms, Bernie. <laughs> Come on, buddy. <laughs> so, wait, so just out of curiosity, before I start this statement, so you do you felt the other ones? I mean, I take them every day, so I don't know. It's kind of like a Xanax to me. Really? Yeah. So it's just kind of like. I, t- I don't like, like, this is the problem about being, um, having day drunk, too. When I have that mind change, I feel like I'm going crazy. I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot I had a couple yeah. of vodka sodas, smoked a joint. Like, sometimes yeah. I forget I smoke weed, and my brain starts, like, doing the, the weed thing. And yeah. you, when you're not realizing it, you think you're going crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably the same thing with the mushroom trip you had. Um. Yeah, I think there's, for me, it's best when you're not thinking. And I think that's what I like about, it's what I like about marijuana. Sometimes it, it, it can put my brain on like its own path mm-hmm. and it'll be fun. Like I got high with Joe the other day. I haven't smoked in a while. He, strong, he smokes strong ass weed too, huh? Blunts. And um, I forgot I got high. Yeah. I forgot I got high. And I was, I woke up the next morning still still like a little out of it and i was like oh that's right i smoked weed yesterday yeah like it's it's fine but you go like oh how come like sometimes if i smoke enough weed i'll wake up with a searing panic attack yeah same here yeah and i'll be like whoa what's this and then i I, I happened at tom's house and i went oh i got high last night that's what this is or if i day drink and then stop drinking at like six and then like you sober up and it's 10 o'clock and also 1 a.m hits i have fucking severe panic attacks, wake up dude. dude i had one at stanhope's house that was a nightmare a that guy nightmare. drinks oh yeah he drinks but we we day we morning drank day drank and then i passed out like seven o'clock didn't eat went to bed woke up at two in the morning one in the morning searing pan- like burning panic attack in a, it, and and it and then knew that i had a flight at like nine could not go back to sleep what do you do I, when you treat panic attacks for yourself? I just I, I run through them. I just let it run, run their course. Do you ever take walks, like a long walk, just walk it off? Usually they happen at times when, usually they happen at times when I can't separate myself. Mm-hmm. Like if I have an exit strategy, I don't have a panic attack. Yeah. If I don't have an exit strategy, I just want to have a panic attack. Yeah, that's the same. Like I, it, that panic attack, what I'm realizing now is because of the booze, but made me stop doing coke. Coke? The, the panic attack a day after cocaine for me was unbearable. It's like suicidal. It was suicidal. It was like, for me, it was my heart was just not, it was like not right. And I, it was either racing or it was just beating off yeah. time and I could feel it. And I was like, this is how you have a heart attack. This is how uh, the handful of times I've done cocaine and I haven't done it a ton, but I've done it more than I can say I haven't done it. Um, is the next day was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I think of dudes like Sam Kennison and like. See, there's different types of people. Maybe. I don't know. I wonder if the. I wonder if like, like I had a buddy who did a lot of coke and loved it and didn't want to quit. Yeah. And, uh, and then just decided for business reasons that it would be better if he didn't do cocaine and drink mm-hmm. and just quit everything. But what's, I mean, what's he like now? He's very fucking successful. Yeah, that's what happens, dude. I stopped doing coke and chasing pussy, and I finally my band started becoming popular. Well, because that, well, that, I think 
Pussy's the biggest fucking downfall an artist can have. Pussy can fuck an artist up because, and, and, I, and I can't say every artist because music's different, but Pussy with stand-up, what it did was it made certain stand-ups, and I'm not going to say names, but certain stand-ups that were just about Pussy, it made them um, very complacent in their acts. All they wanted to do was murder so that girls were lined up after the show to be like, you're so funny. So they never tried new stuff. And like that was the good thing about me is I had pussy already. Like yeah. Leanne was at home. I was going home to her. If I failed, I had someone waiting for me. Yeah. So I, did, I took big swings and big chances that I watched other comics not take. And I was always like, man, thank. And, and by the way, they were dating dimes. I mean, like these guys would have like the hottest chick on their yeah. side. And I was like. And they still weren't satisfied. No, no, no. A lot of them still aren't married. A lot of them just still just trying to find that next high am i doomed i don't think you're doomed i don't think you're doomed because you're talking about it yeah like the other the, those guys that i'm talking about they were like i remember them saying like again denial just saying stuff like uh dude what you're gonna get you're gonna get fucking because i was married and i was having kids and they're like why the fuck are you doing this these are there's like you haven't even popped yet and you're not what you're like and i and it would get in my head and then i remember thinking i'd watch their acts and i'd be like you're doing the same closer like yeah do you not write new stuff i'm yeah. like i'm going to sacramento i watch dudes fuck fuck their lives up i'm saying like i remember i worked with one guy and he was so funny on thursday and then friday early show he did the exact same act and i went hmm and i was selling cds and he was just kind of like like seeing who was leaving the room like, oh, and then you talk to the hottest girl leaving the room. Oh. Even if she had a boyfriend. I remember thinking. That's so scummy. I remember thinking, you're willing to compromise this guy as a fan for pussy. I, it's, and for me, that was like, that was like unthinkable to yeah. compromise a fan for pussy. Yeah. Like, it's like, I remember when this, uh, anyway, Saturday, he does night, Saturday night, Friday night, late show does the same act. The whole time he's married. He told me he's married. Saturday, early show, same act. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I can't sit through this thing again. Saturday late show. Sunday, I'm like, we should go, I'm, you know, maybe we'll get lunch. I go over to his room Sunday morning, and he has a chick from, like, fucking Friday night there. And I'm like, and he knew that I knew he was married. And he was, he was like, hey, man, is, is, uh, I'm, not, I'm not getting lunch. I'm not getting lunch. And, he, and then all of a sudden, it was weird between us. And I was like, I was like, I don't care if you fuck other chicks and you're married. I don't care. Yeah. Not, I'm not your relationship. But I remember thinking, you should care. You should care that you didn't establish a fan base. You just went around and fucked everyone's dude, everyone's chick when the dudes bought tickets to your show. Yeah, Dudes bought tickets to your show and you fucked their chicks. Yeah, and I was like, fucked that's up. fucked up, man. They're never coming back to your show. And by the way, word's going to spread. Yeah. And that's like bad business. I yeah. remember these were like, I remember telling someone this and going them going like, oh, dude. It's what you do when you're on the road. You just fuck chicks. And I was like, no, you're on the road to get a fan base. Yeah. I was like, you're, you're, what am, you're leaving your family to get a fucking legit fan base. Yeah. I don't think, but those guys were never hyper aware of this is, maybe this isn't sustainable or maybe this isn't what I want. Maybe I want something more. They were never aware of that. They're like, no, this is, it's almost like fucking Vikings. Like we're never going to die. And you're like, Oh no! Everyone dies. Yeah, maybe you should be a little more careful on the boat. Like, yeah. don't be the first guy off the boat. Yeah, and that's a that's the the hardest thing I had to realize. Like, 
I go hard. You know, that whole song. The yeah. reason why I wrote that song is because I go hard all the time. And like, I know that I, this life isn't sustainable and I need to figure out ways to make it more sustainable. Because like, if I die over an overdose or die over something like that, you know, or like, you know, HIV or whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever it is that I die from that isn't from, you know, just old age or cancer or whatever, it's going to hit me. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to feel bad for the people who believed in me, you know? People, that's the thing. So one of my things, like, I'm, I was I was certain I was crazy. And I was and I, I was telling Tom, we were up on his roof, and I was like, I think I'm losing my fucking mind. He goes, why? I go, I believe in certain things that I'm like, I don't know if everyone believes in. Yeah, and I, one of the things is paths. I don't know if we talked about this. No. But uh, I, I get obsessed with paths. I think, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is. But like, I, when I was in Serbia, I was I was running every morning on the same four mile loop. It would be five miles sometimes. I'd just double it up. But it was You'd this run loop. four miles before, after you part. Obviously, you're like partying. That's and then- the weird thing about me is I like to kind of, I it writes my boat to burn calories yeah. in the morning. Good. Like it. Like I get up and if I work out. Then I have no hangover whatsoever. I gotta start doing that again. Oh, it's the fucking greatest. Go back to what you were saying. So I get up. A lot of times, the call times like six thirty. So I get up at maybe seven. I get up at five. The sun wasn't up yet in Serbia. I'd leave. I'd do the same loop. Can you pull up? Uh, what was the name of that park? The first part of it was all downhill. The second three quarters of the mile were all downhill at a slight decline. So you, it felt didn't hurt your knees at all. Didn't hurt your knees. You felt fucking great, and you run it very easy. And then the the one quarter of the mile that was uphill was like nothing. It was like it wasn't that uphill. I don't know how it happened, but I love this park. So the first day I run it, I run it, and I realized this is a beautiful run. It's beautiful because it's in the morning. No one's up early, and it was just like, and it was like you could hear wildlife. No cars. No yeah. one was up at the crack of dawn and uh and i run the uphill which it should be tough and as i run this quarter of a mile uphill or, or maybe more than that it's roughly a mile loop um a butterfly gets in front of me and starts leading me and i'm running and it's just leading me and i'm like oh my god and then i kind of took where the butterfly went i followed him and it took me back to the beginning of this loop and i did another loop and i was like wow i go i feel like i'm on the right path like i'm i'm li- i'm in the right I'm on the right path. I got back to my house. I had another cup of coffee and I felt really good. I felt really good. I lifted some weights. I did the rowing machine. I did some bands exercises. Car picked me up and I was in like cloud nine. First day of shooting, hit it out of the park. And I, I said to myself, I'm on the right path. Yeah. Stay on this path. This path includes that loop. So if you do that loop every day, you're going to be good. It's a little OCD, but it's not, it's not bad when it's health. No, right? it's routine. So, so, Get up the next morning. Next morning, I don't know if it's the exactly next morning or maybe two mornings after that, but I run the loop. I feel great. I feel great. Everything's going great. One day I go run the loop and a tree, it's like fucking barely sunshine, barely any light out. And a tree falls right next to me. As I'm running, a tree just falls. And I see it and I go, holy shit. And I'm like full of energy now. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I was like, "I'm, I'm on the right path. And so I, and I would find little things that would tell me I was on the right path. One time I was running and someone had left a glove on the floor and the glove was 
like this and it was pointing to where i normally run and i went it's pointing to me going the right path one time i saw two condoms <laughs> one time i saw two condoms in the middle of the path i go man this is fun for someone last night i'm on the right path yeah and then one day i decided i made a call and i said i'm gonna run to the i run five four miles and i go i'm gonna run to the um ambassador's house i'm gonna i haven't it was fourth of july I'm almost certain it was 4th of July. And I said, I'm going to run to the ambassador's house to see the American flag. I was homesick. Yeah. So I ran to the ambassador's house. I pulled my calf. I go in. I put ice on my calf. I put ice directly on my calf. It burns my calf. I get second degree burns. And then all of a sudden, things started falling apart for me, right? So the two days later, we're shooting in the woods. And I fucking hurt my arm. And then, and because I'm paying attention to my calf, because I don't want it to get infected. Yeah. And so like all of a sudden, and then I, I was like, I got to write my boat. I got to get back on the path. And then none of the times I was running that path was it, I never saw any more signs. And I'm like, fuck man, I'm on the wrong path. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the wrong path for me. I, I need to get back on my right path. My arm gets hurt again. Uh, I hurt another part of my body. I hurt my neck. I, I get, and then I come home, I got to have surgery. I'm like, fuck man i really fucked this up i should have never run to the fucking ambassador's house yeah this was a big mistake and I, t I tell the story to tom and tom's like no 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 i think what you're missing is the path you're on is the right path you're always on the right path and then i think would i have sold out red rocks if i hadn't hurt my arm because one of my big promo videos that moved a lot of tickets yeah. was me going into surgery yeah. and i was like fuck maybe i needed to hurt my arm to sell out red rocks because selling out red rocks for me <laughs> Is a feather in my cap. Fuck, maybe I was on the right path. Yeah. Maybe I didn't know it, but my path took me there to hurt my leg, to burn my leg, to fall in the woods, to then hurt it again. So then I would get surgery and I would sell out Red Rocks and then fuck. And then I go, you're always on the right path. And then last night in therapy, my therapist is like, you are on the right path. And to be true to yourself is to walk confidently down that path. So I say to you, 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 you haven't fucked it up. You are on the right path. When it comes to women, all these sets of experiences will lead you to the right woman who gets who you are, who gets that this is who you are, you know, and 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 gets that this makes up the guy that she's in love with. And you you couldn't be like you're when you say I want I want a chick like Leanne, you're right because you want the chick that goes that accepts you. Look, it is hard to accept. Our both of our lifestyles are are fucked up. Yeah, my lifestyle is very fucked up. I yesterday um. I had a podcast with a guy that I knew was going to be very uncomfortable. And so I offered him a beer when he came here and he put down six very quickly. You say? <laughs> and, 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 and one thing I won't do is let you drink by yourself. Yeah. So I just go and chase him beer yeah. for beer. Yeah. And sometimes I come in and we'll do a podcast and, and someone will be like, Hey man, do you mind if I smoke a joint? And I go, not at all. And, and I'm not the kind of guy that's going to not let you like, I, and that's part of my lifestyle It's very difficult when you, you know, it's it's attached to my house and everyone's and then all of a sudden leanne's like oh are, you already start drinking and it's maybe 10 in the morning and yeah. you're like yeah that's that's the job asked for it yeah and uh and but you and for me it's it's mostly drugs and alcohol leanne gets that and she gets it and it doesn't it does not affect her none of that does uh porn star coming here and none of that bothers leanne none of it she knows who i am she gets who i am she gets where i am so I think that's when you say that you do need that chick that goes, that is a hot enough where you go, this is the one forever. 
be cool enough where you go, okay, this is the chick I can hang out with forever. And then C, under, has been around the block enough to know what kind of man you are and what she wants out of you and what she wants out of you for yourself, you know? And yeah. I, so I think that, I, I don't think it's, that's a very long answer for short answer, but I don't think it's lost on you. I think you're on your path. And what you're doing is you're walking confidently on your path and you're and you're taking big steps and leaving footprints on that path. And when you do that, you're being true to yourself. And if you're, and, and there are people that, having said that, I'm certain there's a guy drunk in a bar right now, not at work, going, this is my path. And you're like, no, 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 no. You got to chill, 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 yeah, chill, yeah, chill, yeah, chill, chill, chill. Easy, buddy, easy. The point is you got to be true to yourself, but but the only way to be true to yourself is be confident in your path, and then you will get to the place you need to be. Yeah, it's like that idea of like, we want to be authentic. We're authentic people. This is why we have this. This is why we do what we do, because this is our full transparency of who we are. And, and yeah, and then also you can, once you, when when you walk confidently on your path, you go, oh, I understand that people will not like the way I walk down this path. Yeah. And I, and but I'm, it was very uh, like, it was very nice to let go of for me because, you know, every now and then like some, not to give credit to a hater, but like someone said something about me online the other day. I was just, I very seldomly get on Twitter. And I'm yeah. scrolling through Twitter and someone was like, uh, Burt Kreischer is criminally unfunny. And I went, and I went, hey, that kind of hurts. Yeah. Criminally unfunny. And then, and then someone's like, he's my favorite comedian. And then I went, oh, just hating someone isn't bad. Yeah. You're allowed to hate people. Like, it's not what I want to do in my yeah. life. But, like, I looked at that guy and I was like, by the way, I, I, I said the exact tweet. So you can find out exactly who wrote that, I'm sure. That is the exact tweet. But uh, I, I, I was like, you're allowed to hate me. Like, there's people I'm not fans of. I, maybe I wouldn't talk shit about them on Twitter, but that's because I'm a little more developed of a human than you are yeah like i just would be like i'm like i've I've learned enough that that does not pay off like talking shit about people on twitter does not get you anywhere anywhere it just because sadly this person might be at a fucking bar one day see me and 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 wanna and like i might be with their favorite comedian i mean be sitting in a bar with bill burr and then he wants to come up and go like say hi and he doesn't really care about me one way or the other, but he's already talked shit about me. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Because I've seen that happen. I've yeah. seen that happen. And I have a friend. I have a friend who did that. And it really stinks that uh I don't know how, I don't know the right way to say this without editing it out, but like I had a friend who did that who was very publicly mean to someone. And then all of a sudden it just split a big community of people away from them and it stinks it stinks because you go like oh shit man like if that person shows up then you kind of need to hide if you are 21 or over and you dip or chew tobacco which i know is a lot of you out there if you have you have to try this tobacco alternative black buffalo black buffalo is everything you love about dipping including pharmaceutical grade nicotine just without the actual tobacco leaf or stem it is dip literally made from edible green leaves and food-grade ingredients with the same flavors, textures, aroma, pack, and nicotine as the traditional tobacco products. No compromise required. They showed up in a box at my house, and as a longtime baseball player is what I will say, uh, I opened them, and I was taken back to a time oh, when, when, when I, that smell was accompanied any great conversation. 
It's super easy. It, it, it the, They produce a variety of flavors like wintergreen mint. The mint was the one for me. I remember when I started dipping, that was when peach came out. They even have blood orange and straight. They sell their products at blackbuffalo.com. It's available long cut and in pouches as well. They have a nicotine-free version called Zero. We brought a bunch of Zero on the bus, and the guys were all over it. And then everyone's been using it on the bus. It's absolutely fantastic. Born in the Midwest, raised in the South, Black Buffalo proudly manufactures their products here in the U.S. Black Buffalo's founders looked high and low for a tobacco alternative across the U.S. and even overseas, but nothing delivered the same satisfaction or high quality they were looking for, so they decided to make their own. Don't just take my word for Black Buffalo's quality. They were 2021's Best New Product Winner at CSB Awards and C-Store Decisions Hot New Product Award Winner for 2021. Um, like I said, we had it on the bus. It's I, It smells like everything I've ever used before in my life. Uh, the guys were all over it. I uh, I have a OCD thing about starting up again because I know for a fact the second I get that taste in my mouth, I am done ski. I am back 100%. And if you're one of the 10 million people who are 21 and plus and dip tobacco, consider making the switch to Black Buffalo. It's everything you love about dipping just without the actual tobacco leaf or stem. Head to blackbuffalo.com and use the promo code BIRDCAST at checkout for 25% off your first order. That's the best offer you're going to find. You have to use my promo code BERTCAST for 25% off your first order. One last time, the promo code is BERTCAST for 25% off your first order. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. This podcast is brought to you by Skylight Frames. If you are looking for a gift this holiday season for your friends or family, look no further. Skylight Frames are fucking fantastic. I have literally bought no less than 15 of them, I think. I, I, I keep The number keeps going up because we keep adding them. It's it's super easy to set up. Set up in literally, I think we set it up in 60 seconds. I'm not even lying. It's a beautiful frame. Um, and I gave one to everyone in my family. We gave one to all our friends. We're thinking about giving them to all our my all my people I work with because it's super easy. All you got to do is email the picture and it just shows up on the frame. So that way you take beautiful pictures of your family and then immediately... We just email it to everyone on our family list, and it goes up on their frames. And then what's even all other great about this is that you buy one for your friends, and then you post pictures of yourself at times you've had with them, and then you're in their pictures. How often do you go to your friend's house and see pictures of yourself? I do all the time because I bought Skylight Frames. Multiple people can send photos to the frame, so it's a large network of friends and families can keep in touch. It has a black frame, white mats, so it looks like a real photo frame that adds a beautiful touch to your house. They have a gorgeous 10-inch touchscreen. You can swipe through the photos with your fingers, even tap on tap to thank the person who sent the photo. And better yet, don't take my word for it. Take theirs. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love your Skylight Frames, they're going to offer you a full refund. You can preload it with all your pictures too. So when you send it, they plug it in. All their pictures are already there. Um, like I said, I've given one to my sisters, my brother-in-law, my parents, all the camper friends. Um, and we're thinking about giving them out to all the people I work with. As... For right now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter the code BERT. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter the code BERT. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, and the promo code is BERT. I don't know. That's the thing about walking confidently on your path is you go, like all those chicks that... 
that don't get it, you go, no, no, I, I know. I understand yeah. that. I'm moving in this direction. This is where I'm going. I know it's the mushrooms. Like, Can I hug you? Of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is fucking, I love having like, I love, I love when I, I hate, I'm not good at interviewing people, but I'm good at hanging with people. Yeah. Like I'm so bad at interviewing because I don't know the right way to do it. Joe, Joe, I, Joe's so much better. Like we're, I have a, I think Amanda Knox is going to come on here and I'm, shut the fuck. That was insane. When was that, jo- was oh that a great God. fucking podcast? Joe is really good about that shit, dude. I want to say like, I may not even bring up this fucking murder. Like I just like part of me goes, <laughs> but I'm like, what I'm more like, can you say about yeah, it? What more can you say about <laughs> something you didn't do? Like that's yeah. so fucked up that. I, I was sitting there laying there in bed thinking about him. I, I, by the way, I followed the whole fucking thing. When that, yeah. I followed that whole thing. And it, in a weird way, it was like, it was almost like storm chasing. Yeah. If this is going to sound. Totally. There's, it, it, it detracts you from what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. I, the Gabby Petito thing, have you been following yeah, that? Yeah, that shit's nuts too. If, if, if you got something shitty going on in your life, follow Gabby Petito and that whole thing. Every day there's new information. Every day there's an up and down. Every day you realize I don't have it that bad. Yeah. I'm not the guy hiding in the fucking swamps and I'm not Gabby Portito. Yeah, it's true. And and for some reason it can distract you from your real problems. And and at the time, Amanda Knox was going through her shit. I was fucking lost on the road. It was like, how long ago was it now? Six years? So eight years ago it's gotta be old, it's gotta be old. i was on i was on travel channel or i was on the road i know i was in hotels and i would follow it because she's beautiful and you'd follow it and you go nine oh nine yeah so i was on the road i just started doing travel channel and i was just like miserable i wasn't going my but you follow that and you're like in a weird way you go that's not me yeah it's like when people watch hurricanes come in yeah you go oh that's not me. It's fucking crazy. I had the same situation with um, going back to what you said. Like I finally got to open for like a band that I used to love when I was a kid. Something corporate, this pop punk band. And we finally opened from last year. And I, I was like waiting for my moment to have with him. Like, thank you for changing my life. You're the reason why I play piano, blah, yeah. blah. And I finally have that moment. And the guitar player's girlfriend. Are you Andy Frasco? I'm like, yeah, we hooked up in in uh, middle school. I you I gave you a hand job and you were very mean to me and like ruined this moment. And I truly like I didn't remember anything like I kind of like blacked out that area in my world. Like, yeah, I didn't remember her. I didn't remember anything. And now I look like the biggest dick when I'm having like this most intimate moment with the person I love. I'm like. And I looked at my life. I'm like, I'm not like that anymore. That was like, what, 18 years ago. And I and it really bummed me out, like thinking like, damn, like people just hold on to things, hold on to whatever the person you used to be. Yeah. And like, I'm not like that. And like, it kind of fucked me up. Like saying, then I started thinking about the path I'm on. Yeah. You know, like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I like, because I'm like trying to like disconnect my old life and so I could grow into, you know, cause I'm like, I'm a super hyper-focused guy. I fucking love to work and I'm obsessed with working and I don't want anything to affect that. And I also, I hate, I love people. 
and I love yeah. making people happy. And like, that's the reason why I do this is, and like, it was just, I was, just, I just think about those moments. Like, damn, anything could fuck up oh. your mind state of, to keep going in a path. I, I, uh, I had a moment with Oliver Stone. You met Oliver Stone? So, uh, yeah. So I was at Good Morning America. I was getting ready to do like a segment on the street. I want to say with like Michael Simon and, and the quarterback for the Jets at the time, Mark Sanchez, I think. By the way, I, this all could be. We don't fact check like yeah. reports. <laughs> Jesus. It's like my memory. I know for a fact I did something with Michael Simon and Mark Sanchez. I know I had to get in an elevator to get on the ground to do that. So I'm assuming that's when it was. And they stopped the elevator. I'm in the elevator with my travel channel team. They stopped the elevator. I did Good Morning America, I think, three times. So it's one of those times. They, but this is the story that's important. I'm in the elevator. They stopped. What's the matter? Okay. They stopped the elevator and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can we wait for Oliver Stone? And I'm like, a hundred percent. And I and I say, this is low key good. I hear all these these comedians. Liquid put, Death's fucking awesome. I, I kind of tastes metally, but it's. I'll take one too, Alston. Thank you. So keep going with this. So um. So they go, hey, uh, hold the elevator, hold the elevator. Do you mind if we wait for Oliver Stone? And I'm like, okay, yes. First of all, this guy, his company, not him personally, but his company changed the trajectory of my life. And I've, it, they optioned the rights to the Rolling Stone yeah, magazine yeah, yeah. article. And I want to, I want to tell, what I want to tell him is, um, I, I have it in my head. Hi, Oliver. My name is Burt Kreischer. In 1997, Rolling Stone magazine uh, wrote an article about me calling the number one party in the country. You, your company optioned the rights to my life and it gave me the confidence to do stand up, uh, and, and I did, and it gave me the confidence to move to New York, which I did. And I moved to New York and I did stand up. And six months later, Will Smith discovered me because of that article, knowing that you had interest in me. And, and you are, the, and today I'm in this elevator with you working for Travel Channel. I'm a touring comic and I just want to thank you for that one little thing. That opportunity gave me the life I have. I'm married, I have two kids, and I'm very happy. And, and, and I gotta be honest with you. In a small part, I owe it to you. That's what I'm gonna say. You had did you have this conversation in your head, in my head if you're I, ev forever? I like knew I was you... gonna say to Oliver Stone if I ever met him. Yeah. I knew what I was gonna say. So it changed my life. When Oliver uh, Oliver Stone optioned the rights to my life, it changed everything. It changed everything. It changed everything in my life. Yeah. So what happened? You met him? So the they hold the door, Oliver Stone walks in, oh, and he goes, uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a it, sheer confidence. This guy is sheer confidence. I mean, he's a big man. He's a yeah. he is a very big man, but he smells good. He looks good. He's crisp. He's a hot guy. He's a good looking guy. And he and it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I said, uh, uh, Mr. Stone, my name's Burt Kreischer. And he turns and he goes, Nice to meet you, Burt Kreischer. I said, I'd like to tell you. And his handler goes, Holy shit. Bert Kreischer? And I go, yes. She goes, Oliver, this guy's on Travel Channel. He's got a show called Birth Conquer. It is fucking hilarious. He's a stand-up. He does uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. He's so good. He is, his stories are so fucking good. We're in the elevator. The elevator's moving. And he goes, uh, really? And, and they go, yes. Oh, my God. Can I get a picture with you? My kids would lose their shit. And I'm like, sure. So we take a picture. Me and the thing, the elevator door's opening. I'm like, fuck, I got to make my thing out. And he looks at me and he goes, well, Bert, it's a pleasure to meet you. I got to check you out. And I just looked and I went, thank you. And he just walked out. And, and went, you didn't have your moment? Same, I didn't have my moment. Oh, <laughs> fuck, Bert. And I was like, fuck. I that wanted, fuck you up? 
no no because the way my brain works is i go i'll see him again i'll see him again and, and by the way i'll see him i'll see him in a way i I, th- I think of this but like i go i'll see him again because uh my best our best friends are the our best friends um oliver made the movie about our best friend's mom mm-hmm. so he made a movie about our best friend's mom and he is the reason that our the guy in this couple the guy is in movies and that he knows oliver very 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 well and so i figure my our paths will run in again yeah so and at that time what were you like during that time when you bailed and you didn't get to have your moment with him i was cool with it i was cool with it because that person made me sound like i was funny and cool and then uh and oliver's like oh, i gotta check you out and then the doors <laughs> open and i was like bye <laughs> I'll, I'll see you later what's up call me yeah but I, i'm cool with that it's it's once again if that's the right path yeah. is 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 boom and then now here's where my brain works right so i go the next time i meet oliver stone he's like oh pleasure to meet you i go we actually met in the, in the good morning america um elevator really yeah mark sanchez and dave michael simon when i did a feel segment you're doing an interview and uh, and and it's funny i wanted to say this to you and then i'm going to tell him what i was going to say but i go but your your assistant interrupted me and said she was a fan and then we i took a picture with your assistant and I, and then maybe he'll go i remember that and i go well just you know i said what i wanted to say like, the, like i think of how to rework <laughs> yeah, the story yeah. to, to fit my agenda when i do yeah. meet him because sometimes it doesn't it doesn't you know the thing about forcing something when you force it it never never happens it never happens i used to have a i used to have a thing so uh at a a couple times where i would go to speak and, and i'd get interrupted and i would still still talk and that would never worked out good so i had this rule if i started to speak and i got interrupted that thought that i was about to say that meant that should not be shared with the universe yeah and so i put it to the side and i would never share it again mm-hmm. and it was and i i stood by i stay by that today um but less a little less uh so but i i well sometimes i'll think of you'll be at a party and you'll be and then someone will say something and your brain will go oh i can beat any asian in a foot race and then and then you'll go you know what actually i and they'll be like you know here's the thing like maybe i shouldn't say that thought yeah and then it benefits you that you didn't just slam an entire race of people <laughs> yeah no. i can beat. but by the way i i firmly believe i can beat any okay <laughs> <laughs> no it's so funny how that is too man it's like i think about things like when i have a moment with someone do you ever go like this is what i should have said this is how i should have said oh it. my god or this is what I should not have said. Yeah. I do that constantly. What's the worst thing you said publicly? <laughs> who knows? Honestly, who knows? I mean, there was a podcast Tom and I did where we saw who could one-up each other by saying the most cancelable statements. Oh, my God. I really regret doing that. Yeah. Because at the time, we were just having fun and making ourselves laugh. And now I'm like, oh, I'm certain. Did you get shit for it? I don't know. I will. I will one day. Yeah, I will. No. One day in some media outlet. Like, I'll get in trouble for something or and then they'll or i'll have out. to be promoting the machine and some media outlet will cut that one thing of like uh who knows what we said i mm-hmm. by the way i remember doing it going is this a bad idea and we but we couldn't stop laughing because it was like the most taboo thing to do yeah was, i want to say it was like our first episode i shouldn't tell you what episode to find <laughs> it on 
Um, but like, there's times. Oh, I, there's times. There's shit. a lot of times where I say shit. <laughs> where I go, it's an. It's, but here's the thing: is I think once you accrue a fan base that follows you and that likes you, yeah. then they know that everything you're doing is an attempt to make them laugh yeah. when it comes to comedy. And so I stand by everything I say. I, I was I was trying to make you laugh. Yeah. And if I fucked up, then I have no problem apologizing. But I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, but I'm also gonna keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like I used to like blow lines on stage and like take drugs and like talk like i did this one bit where i brought a girl because i knew my mom was in on at the show i brought a girl up on stage i'm like we're gonna pretend like i'm being conceived you're i'm like i'm my dad and you're the mom just to like just to make my mom uncomfortable and walk out you yeah know? i was like and it was totally just like I oh. was like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah. there are things. <laughs> there are things. There are things where I hear myself say them that were are not public, just like in in private mm -hmm. moments where I hear myself say them again, and I cringe. Yeah, same, dude. Cringe, same. and that they're not public. No one, they'll never get out. But I cringe at some of the stuff I said as a human being. Yeah. Oh, where you're like what the fuck were you think what made you think that was accept and by the way i know i'm not the only one everyone's done that yeah but like imagine if we that i keep thinking imagine if we can get canceled on our nest cams like if someone pulls up your <laughs> nest cam video and they're oh like this is burt kreischer's therapy session and then airs it yeah because you know you know here's the thing that's what i worry about too oh they air they leaked people's private emails from sony and people lost their jobs and you're like hold on or like, think about like you, text messages you have with your homies and shit uh i am hyper aware when the sony thing happened i went i'm done I, I mean everything i text is almost with the insight that this will be leaked at one point <laughs> like this definitely has a leakability like I, have you ever texted tep, type in this is an interesting one because i did this i did this i think i did it with tom Type into your email search a horrific word and see if it comes up. Like I typed the N-word into my email search to see if it ever came up. If I'd ever texted or yeah. tweeted it, never. I, in my emails, it came up once and I go, what the fuck? And it was uh, from my book. I wrote yeah. it in my book because it's yeah. part of the story. But yeah. And I was like, okay, we're fine. But not once in any, except for Donnell uses it a lot. Like, I'm grabbing phone. So you can basically just, Um. So you could just say fuck, <laughs> like uh, like type in the the safe the safe one to test it out with. Um, <laughs> I, I got one. I just said fuck. I put how much is the publicist going to cost? <laughs> okay, okay. I just said I just type said. <laughs> in uh type in a like I don't have I I'm typing in racial slurs right now. Oh, they're they're popping up. Oh, that's right. I'm, by the way i want to tell you who texted him to me because it makes it even funnier like when you go oh yeah well that's of course like i typed in the n-word and i was like oh yeah that's right my bus driver's black and then i typed in and then i'm like oh that's right donnell rollins oh shit and then i type it with an a and i'm like oh there i forgot i had snoop's number the uh it's so funny the, uh we don't have a good track record with the f-word no 
F A G G O T is all over mine. <laughs> really? Yeah, but it's not. It's me texting it to myself once. Wow, I really don't have. I have fuck a lot. I have pussy a lot. Don't be a pussy. Oh, pussy's a. Oh, Jesus Christ. I have a song called Blame It on the Pussy, too. <laughs> I, Let's see if pussy comes up. By the way, it's the same fucking people. <laughs> same people? This one's good. Oh, man. What about cum? Cum? <laughs> I bet I bet cum's not, doesn't come up a lot in mine. Oh, yeah. I got it. I'm... Oh, do you spell it with one M or two? A two. <laughs> two. Like cum. Mm. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, wow. A lot of professional people have typed me. Whitney Cummings. Oh, Whitney Cummings. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all about Whitney Cummings. I it's all text it. about Whitney Cummings. <laughs> it's all text about Whitney Cummings. That's so fucking funny. Oh, man. I used to pretend I was black coming from the suburbs, you know? But you know, but you get, you could get away with that. You know, you could get really? away. Yeah, you got the vibe. You're soulful. You're wearing a Lakers jersey. <laughs> I feel like I got curly hair. <laughs> just straight. i think you get away with it oh man i, I think you look like you look like that the the kind of like like un undefinable ethnicity yeah but it's just, sometimes italian dudes and jewish dudes get that yeah like, well, my buddy came and everyone used to think he was black but he was just because he was an amazing athlete and he had really curly hair yeah i did it you know i was like i was a huge tupac like growing up west coast hip-hop was my shit you oh know? like yeah just like now i'm like now people want me to like whenever we cover like you know some hip hop tunes. I always, now I'm like nervous. I can't even you can't oh, even say it. You, you can't. I, it's it's hard. You couldn't. I don't think you can say it as a band member. On like if you're covering it, you got to think of a creative way to yeah. to do it. But there was times when I would come on stage this call, song "Alcohol Pussy and Weed" and I would mouth and act out the first set of bars or whatever, and the N word was in there, and I would always. Uh, make sure that i was turned or that i was my covering my mouth or yeah. at some point but i definitely yeah i definitely mouthed it yeah <laughs> i made sure no one could see it but i mouthed it it's my fucking music yeah it's but, hard too when you have such an appreciation for hip-hop yeah i love hip-hop so much dude. and when you're a part when you you feel and i know i'm not but you feel you're a part of the culture because yeah. you, you're you know you know so much like you know look uh i i may not be able to play uh, I mean, I, I can't surf. I can't surf. I can get up sometimes, but I can't like surf, surf. Yeah. But I know a lot about surfing and I know I happen to, I don't know. I can't. What do you fight. like about it? Uh, I love the ocean. I love the ocean. Yeah. I love the ocean. I love the, I just think it's so beautiful. When watching it, it's a beautiful, beautiful art form surfing, a beautiful sport. Yeah. Um, and I love the energy of, of surfers seem to have really positive, great energy um and so I, I got really into following these surfers on instagram and on youtube and and then i was lucky enough to text back and forth have a couple on my podcast but um i can't sail i love this guy uh riley that was on my podcast i and i know a lot about sailing i actually i can sail that's a bad one but, like i can't fight right yeah but i follow ufc yeah and i would say that i know more about ufc than the average person that knows nothing yeah i don't know as much as like someone who knows something about it yeah but like i do feel like there are probably more people in ufc that can't fight that know a ton about ufc and then you're like well 
it's weird to be attached to something that you can't do or you, you should you know what i mean like was it, what is it, the idea of dreams though yeah like i remember meeting snoop and being like this is like i was like i can't ha- i can't get out all the things i want to say to you. yeah like it, it would take me legit like a couple car rides back and forth on the crosses country yeah. to really get out all the things i want to say to you yeah same uh, oh, i fucking love snoop we open for snoop uh and uh coach they coachella did this like wine festival it was us slightly stupid and snoop totally california and I, we were just like waiting in our van waiting for snoop and his his handlers to like walk outside because we knew he had to come by yeah and then we're like mr dog you know it's like well you guys like mr. doggy dog <laughs> yeah, i was so nervous they're like, can we meet Snoop to the their handler? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yo, come over here. And then it, it looked like a like a like a like a clown car. All seven of us roll out of here. It's like, it's like how much you guys opened, right? He's like, damn, you you motherfuckers ain't making no money. I was like, that's the last thing I had with him. It was like, damn, croup. And then corrupt smoked a blunt with us, and that was like, like corrupt gave us the time. Snoop gave us the time, but you know he's busy. He's it's, got his Snoop's, shit. Snoop's- He's got like three burner phones. Yeah. He's got, he's, and and also, he also wants to have a regular life. He's busy as fuck. Yeah. But he also wants to be a normal person and just take his time and enjoy his life. He's the fucking greatest. I, I, I have a real fucking fondness in my heart for that guy because he's such a cool guy. And a hard worker. He busts his ass. He busts his ass. On it every fucking day. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, it's interesting. I, who else would you like to have get the time with? Uh, Phil Jackson. Oh yeah, Shaq. Oh, that's right. Shaq. Shaq. You met him? No, I've never met Shaq. I think he'd be one of us. You know, like kind of like fun as workaholic, fun. but like still doesn't take himself too seriously, and he's just like, I've always wanted to interview him. Shaq is fucking great. All right, three people, uh, dead or alive, and that I can get a podcast with. Yeah, and we drink. And you drink and like a whole hang, a whole hang. Okay, Tiger Woods. Hell yeah, Why? without a doubt. Um, I I find him fascinating. He's such a fucking champion. Like he's such a fucking. I had so I've I've spent so much time watching him play golf with my dad on the phone. I would love to hang with him, and yeah. I would love to not do an interview, but just hang with him and just talk about life and theories. I yeah. want to hear his theories. I want to hear about shit. He. I want him to like get open and talk about shit that he thinks about about fucking women and life and success and money i want to hear everything he has to say i'm fascinated by tiger woods especially like how he was just raised to be a golfer at six years old. yeah he was like that he was set on a path and that's his thing yeah um tiger woods without a doubt uh i i would love i mean like i have some heroes like john daly is one of my heroes yeah sick um I would love to sit with him. You're really into golf. I am into golf, but but once again, I'm not that big. Of, I mean, I'm I'm a good golfer, but I don't golf that often. Um, and then probably like, I mean, Shaq, Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan are like, I'll take any. I mean, Shaq, I would like to be friends with Shaq. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be. I think fresh. I think it would be fun to be around. I mean, just it's the kind of guy that you wouldn't need to talk much. Yeah, you just have a good time around him. Yeah. You know, imagine being a guy who has never been afraid. That's Shaq. Yeah. Shaq never in his life, everywhere he goes, he's just like, everything's going to go good. I'm the biggest guy in the room. Everyone's going to be nice. It's fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. No bullies tonight. 
Yeah. And then you're the nicest guy in the fucking world. Yeah. The nicest guy in the fucking world. Uh, one more person I'd like to interview. Interview. Dead. Dead? That's tough. Because I'm going to go. I'm going to say, like, probably, uh, probably either Kurt Cobain or Shannon Hoon. I know, I know, those are very, very drastically different. <laughs> like Shannon Hoon, I was a huge fan of, uh, I was a huge fan of Blind Melon. I love yeah. Blind Melon. I want to see that new doc that came out. It's good. Is it? It's you good. Saw yeah, it? but well, I've already seen everything there is to see yeah. about uh, Blind Melon. So what not, was killing him, you think, in his head? Um, I don't know. You know, Shannon Hoon's an interesting guy because I, I, I think he was doing fame happened to him at a in a different clip than it happened for everyone else and i think it for me and you we we fight for the chance to succeed yeah so in a weird way we are allowed a path like widespread panic had to fight for yeah like widespread panic had to just put in the hours yeah. and do it every fucking day and put, by the way what a beautiful fucking way to get success yeah and that's what we're doing now but back then you if you got it it was all over you and you and and the thing you wanted that you were fighting for all of a sudden was the thing you didn't want anymore you were like okay i didn't know it was going to be this yeah and so i think that's what happened to kurt cobain i think that's what happened to shannon hoon scott wyland scott wyland uh 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 amy winehouse uh the fucking uh lead singer of allison chains uh paul not paul stanley lane lane staley like all these people got it. And then you look at someone like Snoop who navigated it beautifully. Yeah. And just was like, I'm going to become the biggest face in entertainment. One of the biggest names in entertainment. You look at but you look at that, that's how it happened. You got fame and it just got dumped on you. And I think it overwhelmed very sensitive artists. Yeah. And I think guys like me and you, guys like Bill Burr, guys like Tom Segura, guys like, you know, Rogan's a different breed of of animal like yeah. he's just different but like we all just going out doing the shows doing that widespread panic pace of like put in the work put in yeah. the work put in the work and so fame doesn't show up the way it used to it's like it doesn't get dumped on you at all all at once what about dude what dude like um <clears throat> excuse me robin williams um <coughs> i robin williams wasn't like as much as a, a comedic influence on me i loved his movies i thought his movies were great but um no like the personality type like he did the work but still like held in this like depression he, he i think he got it i think he got it and wanted it and got it at the right time i think he got it in the early 80s and wanted it in the early 80s and he had fun with it guys like him and belushi it's like fame was different then too yeah it wasn't corporate yet fame hadn't gotten corporate yet yeah it was like it was like yeah, it's funny shit. You, oh, by the way, you can still blow lines and fuck hookers. And yeah. if you kill someone, don't worry about it. We'll work around it. It's insane. Dude. And then, yeah, and then Kurt Cobain's like, they're like, he he wrote on his daughter. Uh, oh, he's overdosing. Like, it was almost like they wanted the drama for him. And yeah. then you're like, well, fuck that. I think we go at it at such a small gain every day. Like, yeah, it's inches. such a, inches. Like I literally say, it's a thousand tickets a day. Yeah. Like I, I'm, if I can gain a thousand tickets a day, if I can gain, no joke. 
If I can make content and gain 164 fans a day, that is fucking insane. Yeah. Type in 164 times 300. What's that? So 80,000 tickets is like a very successful tour. 80,000? I, I think. I mean, yeah. I, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. So if you just keep gaining, fuck, let's say 100 fans a day, you'll get 30,000 new fans. And that is adding second shows to all your shows. Yeah. That is adding new market. All you got to do is like just do little work to get 100 fans a day. That's the way I look at it. But those guys got, I mean, how many albums did Nirvana sell? Imagine this. This will this will blow your fucking mind. In you, oh, yeah, Nirvana uh, album sales. Twenty-seven point six million. Twenty-seven point six million. Is that what? Oh my so god! Kurt Cobain went to bed one day. I hope this album does well, and within a month. 25 million people wanted to know more about him. <laughs> I never mind sold 30 million. 30 million worldwide, making it one of the best selling albums ever. 30 million people. He went to bed and was like, I'm so excited for this. By the way, not only that, 30 million people show up. The, let's just say, let's say in like, in like a month, 30 yeah. million. But not only that, in one month, in just one month's time, you have 30 million eyes on you. You have 30 million people curious about what you're doing. Probably more than that that didn't buy the album but liked them. And then you have, you have, you're the the face of a new genre of music. You are the face of a new genre. And every, everything you say, every word that comes out of your mouth is gospel. Mm-hmm. Why do you wear your... Uh, shirt like that grunge that shirt and you're like I don't know man it's the shirt I had you know what's happening Billy you talk, we're talking about Billy String Billy that's, my, Strings, that's yeah. my close buddy yeah like uh, we all kind of grew up and then he just took a leap into it now everyone's like kind of like there's a lot of guys that people attract to like uh, Jerry Garcia Kurt Cobain Billy Strings like it's it's so weird how one day just like everything they touch is like and we're like the type of dudes who are just like inch by inch. We'll always be your buddy. We're here. Yeah, we're I'll here, be here on this path with you. Hey man, I'll be in Denver next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do Red Rocks again if you let me. But yeah. I'll be in Denver next yeah. year. I'll be in fucking. I'll come in. I'm going to be in Philly twice a year every year. Yeah. for the rest of my life. I, and just keep showing up. Hey, if you bring a new friend, great. And if you can't make it this year, I get it. I'll be back the year after that. Does and it bum you out that you're not one of those other dudes? No, like a no. Chappelle. No. Oh, I don't. I couldn't be Chappelle. I think Dave Chappelle was was. Dave Chappelle's put in a lot of fucking 10,000 hours. That's my of, idol. Of work. Of work and fucking all the other work that goes on offstage to be Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Dave Chappelle is Dave Chappelle for a fucking reason. So in the comedy world, what was that like? Someone just Dane flipped the switch. Oh, Dane, Dane Cook. Cook. Yeah. Dane Cook. Dane Cook. I mean, Dane Cook. I just had him here the other day. He was one of the most famous people in the united states yeah when i was a kid yeah. with, it's insane dane cook's album sales retaliation was the one that was like 1.3 million nothing compared to fucking nirvana but 1.3 then 
for a comic yeah was unknown i mean that's wait that's 2000 as of 2014 um but dane cook i mean went was overnight and here's the other thing dane cook is fucking hilarious yeah he is absolutely hilarious and i don't think anyone that had ever watched him do stand-up ever thought anything other than this guy deserves the success coming to him mm-hmm. but all of a sudden he now is the the fucking name and face of comedy he is the face of comedy jesus and they're like it's i gotta I mean, be stress i guess i don't know i don't know man i'm cool with where i'm at right now yeah. like i obviously i would love to i would love the machine movie to do well um i would love for it to do like i would love for it to do like i mean anyone that makes a movie you want it to be the biggest movie of the year right yeah i would sure i think i would love that but i would also love it to make like 80 million dollars or like or like just for like oh it did really good but i mean what well, didn't like break any records but it did really good do you want to make another one i would love that yeah i don't think i would want um like hangover success yeah like i mean obviously you would right obviously you'd be careful what you wish for but like the hangover changed zach galifianakis yeah forever the guy was like okay and he's a pretty shy guy he's not yeah. someone but you, you know zach galifianakis was arguably the star of that movie as he's one everyone remembers yeah it did holy five sixty four hundred and sixty nine point three million dollars what did i see what train wreck did see what train wreck did my uh i i went to middle school and high school uh with chris mintz plaz mclovin oh for real yeah and you know 140 okay what, okay what super bad yeah see what super bad did 140 170 over that, hangover. that's like petty's the hangover so dog. so i would take a hundred i'll tell you what i would like i'm gonna put this in the universe all right come on i would like the machine to make 200 million dollars and then i'll be very happy i do not want the fucking i 200 million dollars and i get to what's make your nightmare movies. about it my nightmare about what about, about the movie if, about if it made i mean look if it if it did uh hangover numbers i just i don't i couldn't do I would. I think it would just fuck your life up. Yeah, I really do. I think. I mean, I am certain you'd make a lot of money, but I think you'd have to retire or take some time off. Yeah, you couldn't just then go. I'm going to to do a theater tour. I'm certain I would. I know me that I'm. I'm would have a hard time taking time off. But like, I just don't think your life can be sustainable after that. No. I don't know if. I don't know if it can. Have you met Zach? I know Zach. And like, how how did his life? Did, does he? How does he? react to the success well zach i think tapped out of hollywood a little bit and bought a farm in north carolina i'm i'm i'm, I'm this is all public knowledge you can yeah, find yeah. this out um i hopefully or i, I don't want to blow up his spot <laughs> but um but he uh he got to do what he wanted to do and i think I, but i think it took time for him i think it's, it's probably scary i don't know i'd love to have zach on the podcast and find out but i know honestly i wouldn't want it zach was so funny and before podcasting before he was big he was so funny on just regular podcasts yeah but um it it changes your life it's changed your life in a way that like i guess i don't know i wouldn't want it like i'm just good right now like i'm like i'm 
I'd want some more success, but I wouldn't want the microscope on me like yeah. that because I fuck up way too much. Yeah. And that's when they find the podcast of me and Tom saying cancel old things. And then you got to like go like, God damn it. Now I have a huge group of people that hate me. Yeah, I think about that, too, because I've always wanted that huge, huge success. But I, I realize I fuck up too much. I'm too just I just I speak that's what my people, mind. That's what people like about you. Yeah, it's like. It's like, I don't know, I see the fucking video of you with they're throwing bras around your yeah. neck. And I'm just like, and the look on your face is always this one of amazement. Like going, I can't believe the sun came up again. Like, <laughs> and it's like, I don't, you know, can you do that at Wembley Stadium? I mean, I'm sure you'd love to play Wembley yeah. Stadium. But at the same time, would you have to change who you are to play Wembley Stadium? Yeah. Like, what would be the fucking, like, I thought about that Red Rocks. I've, my goal and dream is to crowd surf the whole thing up and down. Jesus. And, you know, I, you know, I will do it. That's like, I will do it. But like, yeah. I, when I did Red Rocks a couple months ago, I'm like, some of the bits that I have just don't fit a fucking big ass amphitheater. And like, you know, it's like, it's like maturing, like the man I was. Uh, even six years ago when I was just like drinking a bottle of Jameson and talking, just cussing every second and just like, and then I'd be forget that I'm playing the St. Augustine country fair, you know, like it's like with all the dudes that I'm like, I was like, you know, by the like, way, by the way, I, as you're saying that I just realized, <laughs> I just realized I definitely want the machine to make $469 million because you will never see me again. <laughs> You will never. I just realized I was like, I was like, let the machine be the fucking hangover and then deuces, bitches. I am, I will make, I know I would make a Chef's ton kiss. of money and I will, and I will uh, buy an island and I will fucking chill out. I'm going to tell my daughters, you don't need jobs, guys. Just enjoy your life. You'll I've, never be able to chill though, Bert. Let's be real. I do stand up on an island. I'd, I'd change. <laughs> I changed it. I buy an island where you had to fly. You had to fly directly to that island to see me do stand up. Yeah. So and then I'd be like, I'd do shows. I'd make barbecue. I'd have ceviche. I'd have cocktails every day. I'd have a fucking IV on drip every morning when I woke up. I would love. I would love. Now that I'm thinking about that, I'm like, yeah, let the machine do six four hundred sixty eight. Let's fucking go. Let me put that. Let me put that in the fucking universe. Ah, thanks, Bert. Dude, this has been a great podcast. I I just thankful for you uh, to be my friend, man. No, I fucking I I'm I same likewise as well. I, I I think we you're to back to Cohen a lot of how we view life and how we view uh, dream chasing and stuff. I think well, I, th I I know that we put the work hours in, and it's like it's like like I'll say to I've said it to you, I've said it out loud. You can't promote enough for me. I'm never going to get bummed to see your shit. And I hope that you get a bunch of people from this podcast that start coming out to your shows and enjoying what you do because you do it fucking brilliantly. I'm telling you, Dancing Around My Grave is one of my... It's like it's like my, hey, I'm drinking by myself, but I'm cool with crying because my family's asleep. Yeah. If I play that, it's a, um, I'm like fucking lost. It's a great fucking song. I love what you do, brother. I love you too, Continue bro. success. Thank you, Don. Everyone go find him on the road. What's your website? AndyFrasco.com. AndyFrasco.com. Listen to the podcast, watch the promo videos, sign up on YouTube. Yeah. You need a Patreon. I need a Patreon. You need a Patreon of just, hey guys, beer money. <laughs> just beer money Patreon. Just, <laughs> just, just, and just be like, you think that's tacky if I just like, that was like my, my drug suspension, <laughs> you know, Patreon. No, no just a, a Patreon and then just go, go, uh, you know, fucking, I'll, uh, 
I'm going to just release videos for my Patreon at four in the morning when I'm at my worst. And it's just telling you how much I love you guys. <laughs> and it's just you going, I fucking love you guys. I fucking, here, you tell them. And then some jicks <laughs> on your dick. And you're like, she loves you guys. I love it. I'm awesome, in. dude. Thanks for, Thank you for doing this. Yeah, buddy. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.